I still stand by him getting bodied by corns is just like it's the best thing that's happened all year. <laughs> like outside of football, just like the biggest flog in football just destroyed you publicly. I just I've looked at that tweet multiple times. I go back and look at it and just like yes. <laughs> Seven behind us. Welcome to the. Uh, oh, I think we're up to episode eleven now of the Ocho Bowl official fantasy podcast. I'm Steve Mann, as always, joined by Andrew O'Halloran. Kamish, thanks for having me. Always good to be here. Great to have you. And back after a week of depression and just the top quarter to just give you a bit of a confidence boost, getting back on the podcast. Chris Keane. Yeah, it's good to be back. I did miss last week. I tell you. But uh, had a good hard look at myself for a little bit, and it's paid dividends, really. So good to be back. I'm, I'll be back to my Nintendo ways after this week. No <laughs> it's great to have you back. And we've got an absolute bumper podcast for you tonight. So as we flagged last week, we will be kicking off the mid-season reviews. Uh, we've got a couple of special guests joining us later on. Um, we'll also be digesting what uh, the pundits, or some of them at least, are dubbing the game of the century between Camo and I over the weekend, one of the best finishes in recent Ocho Ball memory. And then we'll be answering the big questions as always. Waiver wire, does Fitzy have the worst ever starting lineup going into week eight? Uh, and all the other big questions. I, I know Andrew's bristling at the opportunity to drop some stats on us, so very excited. I think Haver's presence last week really upped everybody's games. Um, and then, of course, the the thing that everyone's most interested in, the tipping comp between us, where we still haven't gone back and added up the totals. We'll be laying down some tips again and we won't be telling you how we're performing. So uh, to get stuck straight to it, I think we'll do things a little different tonight because we've got the reviews, which we're going to work through on our way of uh, digesting last week's games. We might kick off with the waiver wire. Kamish, much action this week on the waivers? Oh, it was a pretty quiet one this week. Um, so the biggest spender was Camo going after Mark Ingram following his policy of just going after name value, but not looking at how they're playing. Um, Ben's... Come on, uh, we've got Camo on a little later today, but, but has Dragon's even watching the NFL this year? <laughs> just, just, he's put his uh, gun back in the holster after realising that luck can carry you all the way. It's very <laughs> odd behaviour. Um, and then Ben's made a couple of moves to fill his running back spots. He's picked up. Uh, Carlos Hyde for 15 and Wayne Gorman for 10. Um, Jared's gone for LaMichael Perrine and Brady for five bucks each. Um, Manny, you've gone for Richard Rogers at three bucks and Haver's got Fant for four bucks. Then there was a couple of dollar and zero dollar transactions that aren't that massive. Um, and then I thought I'd just touch on uh, leftover waiver budget. Um, so Reese. Um, yourself, Manny, and uh, Dale, all on uh, over 60. Everyone else at 50 or lower. Um, myself, uh, Fitzy, Keeney, uh, all at 20 or lower, and, and Cam as well. Um, and Woodsy on a $2 left. 
He's zero, never been good at breaking waiver. as he was. <laughs> uh, He's Dave, been on two dollars uh, for a while, hasn't he? I think it was on four dollars, then he spent two dollars oh, this week. Spent spent half his budget. <laughs> How's this? He he spent a dollar on a defense this week. You've got oh. you've got three dollars a budget. You spent one on a defense. I, I, I mean, I guess you're not getting anything else. So may as well. Uh, it was the one thing that jumped out a little at me, uh, just as of interest, was Dale, who we are getting on the podcast later on today, so we can hear from the man himself. But drop Frank Gore. Just he's had enough. Just done. <laughs> <laughs> Things aren't going the much way at the moment. Well, any anything else that caught your eyes out of the podcast, boys, before we jump into last week's games? No. I can we move good. on? Let's get into it. All right. Well, nothing exciting. All right. Why don't we kick ourselves off? As, as we said, we'll be doing the mid-year reviews as we go through the teams. Uh, so let's kick ourselves off with one of the one of the non-media review games from last week, uh, we've got the big man, Woodsy, just a cheeky 149, got the job done. Uh, and coming up against the stats man, Havers, just with 122, not a bad score, but not enough on the day. Uh, the probably big highlight of this one, uh, not that there was a heap of them, but the probably big highlight was Woodsy, just a couple of big performances from Wilson and Boyd, probably just the difference. Um, handy for him, Boston Scott scoring 18, which you know that was a bit of an interesting play. He hadn't really, you know, put week after week on board, so it was a bit of a risk starting, but got the job done for him. Um, and obviously, a couple of those big names Havers got just, you know, they all got sold scores, but no one really went berserk, and that was probably the difference in the end. What did you guys think? Uh, so yeah. Havers, he's a, he's a well-noted anti-tight end, anti-quarterback man. And, I mean, that's where sort of the big weakness on his team was this week, just a 12 from Roethlisberger and eight from Jimmy Graham. Um, probably wouldn't have made that much of a difference. Like, he lost by 30, but it still definitely was cost him this week, I think, from putting he probably 140, I think, if he had a league average in both those positions. Yeah, it was... Uh... Big game from Russ, who you can kind of come to expect that at the moment. But um, also 29 from the kicker-defense combo for Woodsy, which is always very handy. I will say he's very, very excited about Cole Beasley. He's yet to um, have the pills to actually start him, but he's he, he will, he'll talk him up for as long as he likes. Um, I'm, I'm most fascinated with Woodsy about his fifth-round pick in Lev Bell and kind of where he sees him and, and um, if he's going to get a start and how he kind of looks in Kansas City. I think either way, um, you got to say that if he was still at the Jets, it would he'd just be his value would just be almost nothing. They are so bad that even Lev Bell, I don't think, would get even if he's the um, main work workhorse there. I don't even know if you want a piece of that. So um, I think they used him a fair bit. Did you guys watch it? Um, the KC game. Yeah, I watched it. Uh, I had it. I. Once we got down by 14 points, I tuned out a bit. <laughs> but um, um, they used him a bit. Like, but I mean, it was his first game. They're never going to, you know, take over, have him take over the lead role. But they play the Jets this week, which is, oh, yeah, he could like, get 20 touches just because yeah. they're up by 30 points by the end of the first quarter. He'll get 20 touches because it's the Jets. I reckon, like, he will be commanding that this is his revenge game. I can see him. 
scoring twice. I can, I can, and Steve, I think you're playing Woodsy, so it's it's a shocking spot, I reckon. If he does start him, I don't know if he will, but um, you can see it yeah. against the Jets, oh. against Adam Gaze, who they hate each other. I can just, you can, it's got a, it's got a monster score written all over it. Oh, yeah, I, I guess Woodsy doesn't have a huge amount of depth at that position, so he probably can start him. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, the thing that probably just, uh, I guess, also influenced, uh, you know, what did he score? 3.9, not a huge score. But um, the, probably the other thing that really impacted him was just that was a horrible game for Kansas City. You know, they scored on special teams, they scored on defense, they just didn't, it, you know, they were never chasing points. They were in control without really ever doing much on offense. It was snowing. It was just, yeah, it was a bit yuck. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I, I agree. I think there's big upside for him this week, but I, I guess I'd be a little bit nervous until you really see him do something good with Kansas City, with, with putting him on the roster. Um, and I guess, you know, he's obviously got Derek Henry. He's not starting over him, so it kind of comes down to a Boston Scott, uh, Josh Kelly or Lev Bell decision for the other position. So, I don't know. So, he does. Just, I don't really mind. Pretty confident I got going to knock Woodsy off, so happy either way. Just... Just quickly before we move on to the next game, what an what an interesting and this wouldn't have um, wouldn't have made really too much difference to the, to the overall score, but what a sit from from Havers just to sit Chase Claypool after he'd gone off for two consecutive weeks and started you know Devin Singletary or you know any one of those guys instead or Jamal Williams really um, interesting decision to sit him. I know he didn't. I know he didn't produce this week, but. He was absolutely. He scored forty-two and then eighteen, and couldn't squeeze him in over Singletary. Interesting. It was an interesting call. I, I, I actually one of my key thoughts on this game wasn't so much about him sitting and was just. I feel like number one, it makes you very nervous about Claypool, but I think it makes you nervous about Juju and Johnson as well because it just shows that they they're random. Yeah. Like just know yeah. any week, any one of them can just do nothing. Um, yep. And I know, I mean, Keeney, you've got Deontay. There's a couple of teams like that. Like when you look at uh, Lockett this week, like it's they just they've got so many weapons that they just find the one that's got the bad matchup and they just pick on that person the whole game. So it's um, you know, it makes it a bit hard, you know, when you're trying to uh, plan your week. Yeah, it does. Uh, all right, before we move off oh. this one, anything else from this game? Well, I'll just I know Kenny probably didn't listen to the podcast in his week of exile, but uh, <laughs> a bit disappointed in Havers. Only 78 points of the 200-point uh, score that I predicted for him last week. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's um, it's kind of a kiss of death, isn't it, when you when you get up and about a team, um, yeah. which, which is why I'm, I'm pleased that you've never said anything nice about my team all season. <laughs> um, and, and carrying on that logic, um, probably our guest that's – joined us the man that you oh. predicted pre-season to go all the way uh, oh. although not, none of that bad luck has carried to this guy i don't reckon we've ever seen a luckier first half of a season than this um of oh. course I, I welcome the uh the former defending champ about eight years ago michael cummins oh. how are you mate hey guys thanks for having me on Oh, and for those at home who can't see the zoom chat he's currently wearing a necklace of several horseshoes He's got four-leaf clover in the background, actually, I think. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you, you guys what, are kidding yourselves. No, kidding no yourselves. Of, you have not walked under a ladder or past a cat in years, I reckon, to, <laughs> to start your season. Um, 
so so come out with uh with just we're doing it's about with, time <laughs> yeah i guess it, it all evens out in the long run um and i feel like both you and i used up all the good and bad luck for about a year's worth on that matchup we had last weekend um we're, we're just just for your understanding we're doing a, a bit of a rundown of each of the games and doing mid-season reviews as we go so um that probably segues us nicely into the, the match that I, i've seen a few nfl.com writers refer to as the uh the heavyweight titan clash of the century um down to the wire was a headline that i saw a couple of times in a few fantasy publications of course i talk about our matchup from over the weekend i'm i'm dispirited it's probably fair to say so i might uh i might let you talk us through it keeney and, and and maybe for anyone that was doing something else on Monday afternoon talk us through kind of how that one played out well if if you want to set the scene steve so in terms of the points differential between both of you, um, it was really always hovering around kind of two to three, wasn't it? It was. In that, yeah. in that last quarter. That, yeah, we never, no one ever got ahead more than about two points, or two or three points, I reckon. Yeah. And so, the, and so the, the situation was that you had Christian Kirk and Camo had Kyla Murray and the Arizona kicker, Gonzalez. Is that correct? That's correct. So I think at this point you were up about three. So there's so just to run the, the listeners uh, through it who didn't watch it, there's about four minutes to go um, and Arizona are down 10. So they've, they've always got that chance of the, the absolute complete junk that Kylo's been very good at racking up this year, come on. Um, but good on you anyway. Um, so they end up getting to a fourth and 12 situation, Arizona here, and, and Steve's probably like, well... This is interesting because it's a 50-yarder. So if he kicks the 50-yarder, obviously, it's worth five points. So I think Camo goes in front by a couple. Um, but then all of a sudden, and he did drill it. He, it was 52 and he drilled it. But never sudden, missing. There was a, never missing. <laughs> and then there was a, unsportsman, a questionable unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on Seattle during that play. So obviously, Arizona are there, 10 points down, needing to score a field goal and touchdown. It doesn't really matter what order they do it. So they're like, well, we'll just take the field goal now. We'll try and kick a, uh, we'll try and get a touchdown later. So they take the field goal um, straight through the middle. But then that penalty means they go, okay, well, we're going to try for a touchdown. So of course, Kyler Murray throws a touchdown to Christian Kirk, the only bloke basically that he couldn't throw it to. So I think at this point, Steve's probably up by about what four, four or yeah, five. Yeah. So, so the, the fifty pointer put Camo up by two. Um, yep. The subsequent plays and then touchdown put me up by about four. Yeah, so you're up, you're up by about four, right? And there's so uh, Seattle are up by three with you know two minutes left or three minutes left. So Seattle are just going to try and wipe the clock down. One first down, basically Seattle win and you win, Steve. So what do we see out of Seattle? We see just hand the ball off to Carlos Hyde in a 10-man box just straight up the middle three consecutive times. <laughs> they never use Russell Wilson. I cannot understand it. And then they just punt on fourth down with 58 seconds to go. So all of a sudden, you're up five and, and Camo's got uh, Murray who needs to get a couple more and a field goal. And then he's in front and he probably wins or it goes to overtime and he's probably favourite. Or it's probably still pretty close. So anyway, of course, that happens. You know, Murray's scrambling. He throws a couple of deep balls. Um, and then, of course, he gets in range and he kicks a 44-yard field goal, Gonzalez, and 
to take it to overtime. What was the score at the end of overtime? I reckon Carmel was just in front. No, I was. And the reason I was was because getting up the field, he threw it to Kirk twice. Ah, yes. So he just got me enough points to keep me ahead. So if he kicked a 50-yarder, Camo goes ahead. If he kicks a less than 50-yarder, it's three points. And I stay ahead by, uh, you know, two or something like that, one or two. And if he misses, you're good. I'm good. But, of course, he, he drains it. So you're thinking, okay, well, I'm up by less than one here in the overtime. I need to win the toss. What does Seattle do? They win the toss. You're thinking, okay, well, Rush just needs to score here. I mean, he's been scoring easily all night. No problem. They run a few conservative players. Wilson gets sacked. They end up punting the ball um, on fourth and 21. Back (laughs) Back to Arizona. So at this point, you're probably now an underdog. You know, Murray's just got to try and kick a field goal to win. (laughs) <laughs> and away you go. Um, but then, of course, Arizona go down the field. You must have still been in front, right? He throws it to Kirk a couple more times. Yeah, he so throws he it to Kirk a few, a few more times. Every time then, he got ahead, he'd throw it to Kirk again and I'd just let my nose back in front. And so basically, so what happened to, to sum all this up? Sorry, it's been a bit long-winded, but Arizona get it to Seattle's 18-yard line on first down. So a chip shot field goal, basically, and it's like, well, Camo's won. They just need to kick the field goal, Camo will win. It's all over. Or a touchdown, not thrown to Kirk, or a rushing touchdown, not Murray, and Steve wins. That was basically the scenario. But anyway, what happened this year? Um, can, I just add, can I just add throwing in there as well that they've had once where they've missed the field goal to win the game and give Camo the win as well, giving it back to Seattle, which they failed to hold onto the ball again. So yeah. we've kind of gone through. For an emotional roller coaster without anyone it's, scoring in this in the interim. It's unbelievable, really. And anyway, so Arizona run this ridiculous kind of draw play, and Murray gets kind of gobbled up for minus five yards. And Cliff Kingsbury decides on second down, no, we're going to try and kick the field goal now. We're not going to waste any more time. Um, if we do miss, Russell gets it back with more. I, I cannot for the life of me work out why they kicked tried for the field goal on second down, why they didn't run one more play. If the ball was on the left hash, they could have Moved it to the middle. Um, so anyway, the kicker trots out for a 41-yarder. Meanwhile, the clock's running down to a delay of game and they race up the field to take a timeout. So they nearly cost them another five yards. I'm just watching going, what is going on? And anyway, they get the timeout in. And of course, the 41-yard... Yeah, yeah, um, sorry, he kicked the field goal and they called timeout at the same time. <laughs> so Camo's like, kicker. I won. Yeah, they asked their own kicker. kicker. Camo's won. It's all over. And then on the redo, he misses it. <laughs> so Steve's going, oh, I've won it. It's all over. <laughs> Long story short, Russell gets it back, throws a pick. Arizona go down, kick the field goal, and Camo wins by, what, less than well, yeah. Also on that, as well, on that drive yeah, through the pick, also had the play where he threw the <clears throat> touchdown to Metcalf, which would have won it for yes. Manny because he was ahead at the time. I forget that. But then got called back on a holding... I did and then that. they punted it on the after the next. Oh, he threw the interception. Uh, oh, it, it was it was an OPI call and it was a shocker. Like yeah. it was, it was like no, no, sorry, not a shocking decision so much. It was a shocking move by the guy. He just didn't need to do it. Yeah. Completely out of the play, just blocked the guy for no reason. Yeah. So, uh, yep, that's apologies for for running through every single play, but um, it was basically a back and forth worth fifteen it. times. It was <laughs> unbelievable, and the whole group chat was all over it. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so we've just told a bunch of people who already knew it because they watched the whole thing. And there's yeah. international listeners, it's fine. <laughs> That's true. The, the one person who didn't seem to be watching it was Kamo. Just absolutely oh. silent on the group chat. Kamo, talk us through your experience with this game. 
So I have a new philosophy when it comes to fantasy. I don't check scores. I just watch the great sport of the great game of NFL. And then I just jump on after the event and check it out. And I saw that I won by 1.2. And I knew that <laughs> Zane, Zane the giant killer had kicked a field goal to win it. So I calculated <laughs> I was down by 1.8 and he's dobbed it. And I've won by 1.2. Glorious. So, so did, did you know you were down by less than three when he was lining up nah. for the field goal? No, no idea. <laughs> Blissfully unaware. People think that we're we're making too much of the luck that this guy's. I don't know. Knowing about it makes the difference to the score, but it's just, just riding a cloud through this season. It's unbelievable. It's, it's, it's just my time. It's just my time. As yeah, maybe it is. Um, so we're we're doing kind of half year reviews and come. I don't think there's a better. You know, if, if there was a headline, at least in my mind, for your season so far, it's basically just rather be lucky than good. Um, and I feel like that's the win to perfectly, you know, lead us into that conversation. But how do you feel the season's gone for you so far? Yeah, well, I think thanks to Havers and his stats during the year, I believe earlier on he posted after five rounds the highest scores um, in league history. And I think I was up there. I think I had four of the top ten. And I saw that my record was two and three in every single one of those seasons where I was like a top 10 in the history of Ocho score. So I feel like I've, I've been due for a bit of a lucky start to the year. Usually I'm clawing back to try and make playoffs at the end of the year. And this year I'm just going to sail in nice and easy. So there's, there's different. There's been due, there's been due Camo, and then there's having a plus minus of about 40 and you're six and one. It's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. I think I was, was I, yeah, five zip, and I was the 10th uh, highest scorer in the league. <laughs> at the time, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've, at the um, time. you've, but you've, you know, sense. you've gone one and one since then. You are, Cam got you last week, but you know, you, you, you did, managed yeah. to, yeah, you, you've kept the record going. Um, sorry, we've, go ahead, Kenny. Sorry, can I just add, just quickly, just want to quickly double back um, to, to the, the matchup of the millennium. Um, Steve, were you aware that your your old your old flame Goskowski missed a forty five yes, yarder? Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. So yep. really, that's kind of that that's was basically the, the difference the game as well. Without. That's the difference. Yep. Yep. Well, could, could, I just, could I just interrupt and say that my number one wide receiver did his knee chasing a pick six from Baker in the first quarter and scored zero. So <laughs> I, I don't think we I don't think missed field goals come into it really <laughs> when you. Got a donut from your number one wide receiver on the on the field. I mean, well, when you said you right? your own luck, I think Manny, you've made your own bad luck. You played the Cowboys D. Like I cannot imagine a situation. Like you could play the Jets, yeah. and you'll probably sit them. Yeah, I, that, yeah. I mean, hindsight didn't look great on that one. I, to be honest, I just kind of yeah. There, there wasn't a lot of great options available, <laughs> and I thought it was a. I thought it was a type of game where, you know, they're just going to have to try something because their offense is so bad and injured that, you know, I might get a bunch of sacks or something. Um, obviously not a good move in hindsight. And we could do this all day, but the thing, the, I knew I had a bad feeling about this game when on the Friday, Michael Thomas, who's now over his injury and over his off-field indiscretion and back in the team, gets ruled out with a hamstring. And at the same time, because I've, as I've talked about before in this podcast, I've got handcuffs for my two injury-prone wide receivers with, um, Russell Gage for Julio, and I've got Emmanuel Sanders, who's done the job for me every time Thomas has been out. He comes down with COVID on the same day. So I lose both of them at the same time. So suddenly I'm, I'm 
scraping the bottom of the battle and you know, had to uh, and I, I had some buyers, so I had to give Kirk the start, which is probably what set the stage for the fantastic finish. Because if I didn't have Kirk, it wouldn't have been anywhere near as interesting. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, look, Goskowski, he's done it to me twice now. I'm just not sure. Do I do I do what Tennessee did and have some faith in, or do I just go? No, you know what? There's and that's you know. As Kenny just outlined, probably wasn't the best coaching from Tennessee, so it's probably not an idol I want to be following old Rables. Just one other thing to add on our great matchup is I actually was intending to start Carson Wentz over uh, Kyler, but got stuck on a work call and wasn't able to update my squad before before kickoff on Friday. This is brutal. Oh, I was spewing when he, when he put up 27. Little did I know Kyler was going to... Whack on yeah. 37 uh, would have been the would difference. You have taken the 27? You would have taken the 27 for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah I was annoyed. Yeah. I was annoyed that I missed out on that. Why, why, why would wouldn't you start, start Kyler yeah, against any Seattle? quarterback over Kyler versus Seattle? I just don't like starting uh, Kyler in a divisional matchup. Mate, but let's be honest, you done. just did that just to tilt Steve a bit more. <laughs> I feel really. like you actually you guys are trying to put me on tilt at the moment. That's what this feels <laughs> well, like. My, and I think my I think Mahomes had his lowest ever score as a starting QB as well this week. So absolutely. What did you lose by Steve? Uh, uh, I lost by Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, no. I, the Mahomes one was, was shocking. We touched on it earlier, but Snowing. that game just just terrible. But when you score two special teams touchdowns or defense and a special teams, and it's snowing and they're ahead the whole time, and so Mahomes just doesn't have to throw the ball. Um, I guess you know, stepping back from it all, I'm probably not going to win too many games when you know my biggest score is just got a game situation like that. But look, as I said on Monday after the game finished. Um, I can't be too angry when you get such an awesome finish and such great entertainment for myself and everybody else. So I move on to Woodsy. Lucky I got an easy game this week, so I can bounce back with a win. Yeah. Um, Football's um, a winner. Let's, let's yeah, talk yeah. about your team, Camo. I reckon we should get stuck in your team quickly. Um, Absolutely. So obviously Odell Beckham, Odell Beckham going down, you touched on. That's um, obviously never a great result. Leaves you with a little bit thin, if I will say it, at wide receiver with Juju Smith-Schuster, who's been hard to predict this year. Um, Keenan Allen's been good, no doubt. But then you're a little bit thin after that. You'd probably agree with that. Um, what's the what's the plan going forward in the wide receiver position? Yeah, I'm actually – I feel like I'm okay at wide receiver. I've got a bit of faith in um, Keelan Cole and uh, Brandon Cooks. Jesus. Um, on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> Keelan Cole coming off a one-catch, 12-yard uh, performance. He's, he's riding high, this bloke. He's 6-1. and one. He doesn't check the scores and he reckons Keenan. No wonder he no wonder he's confident in Keenan Cole. He hasn't watched him all year. <laughs> yeah, he was, no, you're right. Last time you watched him in 2017, he was looking really good. <laughs> I thought he was a top 20 receiver. I need to uh, check his stats. <laughs> right, I, I reckon you're checking his college stats or something. Um, <laughs> Okay, so, so so maybe maybe you've um you've got some depth at wide receiver at least in your mind, but um behind your starters, there's not a lot. Like you've obviously gone after Ingram this week at running back. Talk us through that one. We talked about that just before you joined us. Um, yeah, yeah, desperate times call for desperate desperate times call for desperate measures. That's for sure. Um, 
I've only got two running backs that are even remotely startable. So if anything happens to uh, my boy Josh Jacobs or CH, I'm in, I'm in all sorts there. So no, no doubt about that at all. So I saw Mark Ingram on the waiver wire. Um, there's really not much else out there, to be honest. So I feel like I had to take the punt. Um, and I reckon Baltimore's running game will kick into gear in the second half of the year. And unfortunately, I don't know if, J.K. Dobbins and uh, the Gus Bus are going to take over. So I think Ingram will still be handy for the second half of the season. But, yeah, he's there purely as depth. If I'm playing him, I'm probably not winning. Simple as that. Although, based on this year, maybe I still will. Who knows? (laughs) At at the halfway point, um, would you, if you had your time again, take CH or pick eight based on what he's done so far? Um, yeah, based on what he's done so far, absolutely. Um, but not based on the fact that there's a bloke by the name of Le'Veon Bell that's now uh, over in KC as well. Um, obviously, when we do the draft, can't predict that. But, yeah, can't say I'm too happy with the spot right now. But, yeah, no complaints uh, as far as say, taking him at pick eight. I've got to say, I think um, I think Jacksonville are pretty high on this Zigbo kid as well. So... Um, he could have just dropped a little him. bit later. Yeah. Oh, did ya? He, yeah, he dropped him. Um, yeah, because oh, I had him in the IR and he's no longer out Ah, right. So, Is yeah, he IR yeah. still? No, he nah. came off IR and then he was, uh, he hurt his hemi again this week. More of, yeah, it's more of a stash yeah. because he may not yeah, be like well this year, but next year I reckon they'll use him a bit. Yeah, for well, sure. I, I think in Cummo's defense, his research on Jacksonville was three years old. So, Zigbo is in his notes. He's got Keelan Cole circled all over the pad, but no mention of that guy. Blake Bortles still starting, isn't he? Surely. <laughs> oh well, if Blake Bortles grew a mo, maybe he'd be he'd still be there. I feel like there. I don't know. I know Kenny loves him, so I'm not gonna not gonna speak ill of the guy. But I, yeah, I, I would want him as a fantasy starter. Um, hey, Camo, you're. We were pretty critical of Kyler Murray as a bit of a you know, midpoint, nothing pick, not nothing, but you know what I mean? Like you took a quarterback a few rounds earlier than you need to. Um, yep. We did discuss this earlier. Uh, <laughs> he, he, and I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm not going to say fall on our sword, but he is ranked QB one, Kyler Murray at this point in the year, understanding he's yet to have his buy and um, it obviously swings a bit week to week, but feeling pretty good about that one. Yeah, I am. The, the thing was when he was available in that sixth round, I, I don't want to take a quarterback there, but I figured he was the only quarterback in, that could possibly get to QB1. Um, obviously, you got Mahomes and Jackson, but then those next guys, so Wilson, Dak, Watson, and Murray. Murray was the only one that could be QB1, in my opinion. All the others were probably a QB3 at best, so that was why I took the punt there. But oh, you guys talk about luck. Oh, Kyler Murray is not impressing me at all. He's just... No. Whack it, whacking out three TDs in the last quarter when it means nothing. Oh. If you actually that's watch him play, very yeah. diplomatic he's, of you. Is because uh, that's exactly. What I probably shouldn't be saying that. I should be uh, pumping <laughs> up his tires and trying to get a trade request or two. Up. Can we start that again? Well, that, that, that's actually that, that, that's a very nice segue to my next question, which is how desperate are you to get Justin Herbert? Oh. <laughs> Oh boy! Nah, don't get me started on. Come on, can you can you Move can you on. reveal can you reveal to the listeners what you told me today about Justin Herbert? Please? 
<laughs> no, I don't think I can. Oh. <laughs> um, I, love him. I love him. That's all I can say. I love him so much. Oh, have you offered, Have you made Fitzy an offer for him at any point? No, I, ha- I haven't. To be honest, oh. no, I haven't. It'd be collusion. Can't, you can't be pulling you, those sort of stunts. Would you trade Kyler for him? Plus. Straight up. Yep. Uh, yeah, you probably would. <laughs> oh, he's going to take it in a second. I can guarantee there's an email hitting your inbox the second this podcast comes out. Or no, actually, no, that's not true. About whenever the podcast comes out, but the next time that Fitzy's been at work for two hours, because, you know, Fitzy <laughs> does nothing on Smoko all day. That's when, wherever we get to this point in the podcast, there'll be a ping. We'll wait and see. Stay tuned. Come on, I've been concerned about your lack of trading. Is there something going on that you need to inform the listeners? Uh, yeah, I suppose I just haven't really come across a good offer that's come past my desk. Um, so by all means, if you want to send something to me, Keeney, we'll, uh, we'll chat. But from my perspective, I suppose I don't have the depth to be making, to be sending out trade request myself so it's more just if something comes across my desk i'll have a look at it but um yeah there's uh, not a lot out there that i'm really gunning for right now so unless of course fitzy sends me an offer with herbert involved but apart from that um yeah it's just my team's kind of locked in at the minute i'm not going to change a winning formula happy to <laughs> cruise along at six and one and uh, See what happens. Well, I've heard around the Ocho water cooler that you've been calling yourself the Rahul Private of the Ocho Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> isn't, isn't it refreshing though? Isn't it refreshing though to hear someone say they've they're not making many trades because they don't have much depth, but they're sitting there at six and one. It's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't that be the time you do trade, mate? Six and one, set yourself up. Yeah, go up to make to Christian McCaffrey or someone who's out for a few weeks. Yeah, Eckler. I think I actually Michael did Thomas. Get offer. many more charges in this lineup. Get Michael Thomas, <laughs> mate. Yeah, he's, he's on the block. I'm having a True. big issue Man, with that guy. Got concerns. Got, got big concerns about Michael Thomas. I'll tell you what. There's Michael been there's, the next down. down. I, I think it's pretty unfounded, but there's been a few rumours about Michael Thomas getting traded of recent days. How would how much would you want him if he got traded to the Chargers? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's room for it. Oh. It's not like Keenan oh. Allen and, and Hunter Henry. Uh, there's, there's room for Michael Thomas anyway. Mike Williams, Jalen Guyton. Oh, yeah. boys oh. scoring to catch performance no, I don't think on the Michael Thomas would fit in our locker room either. Don't worry. Oh, uh, well, uh, I'll remember that when I play you in the semifinals and he puts up 55. I'm, um, we'll see. Him. I was just going to ask you a couple more questions, uh, Camo. First of all, I don't know if you've got your uh, your draft list in front of you, but I'm just interested in your best draft pick that you think um, has worked out the best for you. It's probably is Kyler Murray, right? Without answering yeah, the question. Sixty six. I, I, I still think Keenan Allen in the fifth um, yeah. was probably the best pick. Um, yeah, but Kyler's worked out. Um, but, yeah, I'd still go with Keenan in the fifth. 
And um, and from a selfish point of view, I, I'm just trying to run a straw poll across the league here. Um, Kenny V. Woodsy in week nine, please. <laughs> oh, how's that even a question? Kenny for sure. Oh, for <laughs> sure. Um, that'll, be over, that'll, that'll be over very early. Very early. In- probably before I wake up, 7 8 o'clock. <laughs> Come on, in the theme of Kenny's first question, um, who's your worst pick, do you think? And, and I would obviously say not counting injuries, but you haven't had any injuries, so we don't have to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, all season, I'd go with uh, OBJ in the third and Juju in the fourth. Those were two um, two picks that weren't great. I wasn't real comfortable with them at the time, and they haven't worked out. This before um, Odell's injury, of course, but, yeah, they were two up and down. Um, so, yeah, that, oh. they'd be the two picks. I'd, I'd regret. Um, they, they were and then funny probably guys. Just the later rounds, the later rounds, I didn't really nail anyone of any value either, um, which is something I usually pride myself on in a draft, getting a late round steal. And this year that's, didn't really um, happen. So that's, that's a fair um, bit for you. Normally, what happens Round- when you draft Sony Michelle? Um, <laughs> oh, my God, I did draft that guy, didn't I? <laughs> in, in fact, you were quite positive about it when we did the, the post draft review. You're like, no, no, he's going to be fantastic. Um, <laughs> uh, a couple of just, I guess, he has got COVID, comments. so hope he's all right. Yeah, um, thoughts go out to him, thoughts and prayers. Um, a couple of thoughts just on, on, on that. I think Juju and OBJ are two great examples of guys that we I mean, probably all looked at them. You're basically banking on them to – they're great players who had a really bad year last year. You're banking on them to turn it around again. And so if they do, there's a really high upside to it because you know they could be in the top couple of players. But if they don't, you feel like, oh, you know, of course, like they weren't good in last year as well. You know, why did I take them sort of thing? So – kind of get that the other one for you which um i would actually say is a little bit unlucky is alexander madison he was a good pick which we talked about and he's pretty much behind the only running back that hasn't got injured out of those first few picks so pretty much every one of those backups got significant playing time madison got one week and it was a shocker it just sort of didn't work for him so um you probably had a little bit of bad luck there i think that was a good pick though yeah, for sure. For sure. I was really excited to start him against Atlanta. Little did I know the mighty Vikings were going to be down 20 zip, you know, halfway through the first quarter. And that was game over for my boy, Alex. But you never know your luck in the second half of the season. I'm probably due a bit of luck, actually. So maybe um, <laughs> Madison could be a good starter for me in the second <laughs> half of the year. We'll see. Uh, well, you never know. Um, all right. Well, we're... Is anyone else got any questions for Kamo on his team before we, we move on to doing my half-year review? And, and you can hang around for that, Kamo, because I'm sure you've probably got a few cheap uh, shots that look, you'd like to give actually, on the way through. I've just got a few more Justin Herbert YouTube clips I need to watch, so um, <laughs> I might get I, off Get off if that's okay. I've got, um, got one more for you, Kamo. And before I okay. ask it, this is the text I got from Kamo today. You don't want to know, quote-unquote, you don't want to know how many hours I've spent watching Justin Herbert highlights this season it's an insane amount <laughs> can you picture the great man just oh just getting real excited watching it's, uh, it's, hard, it's hard not to be he's looked outstanding um final question for me mate just taking your own team out of it who do you yep. think um you are most 
worried about or is the biggest threat to this league this year? Yeah, uh, there's two. So obviously the defending champs, Cam, um, sitting on top of the ladder, looking very strong. Um, such an improved fantasy player in recent years, Cam. I can't ever picture him being any good until the last couple of years, but he's up and about now, that's for sure. And the other one's definitely Andrew. Um, Andrew's side looks looks quite strong. A couple of injured running backs at the minute, but if he gets back to full fitness, um, I, I reckon Andrew's a big chance to take it out. So, um, yeah, and I'm probably about – if I was setting a market, I'd probably be eighth or ninth favourite. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> well, the, the Haver stats tell us that you're going to be there, so you'll be in the finals, which you've got to be in it to win it. So you've got, you've got a solid chance and – Based Very on the true. moment, it looks like you've got the week one off. Um, for, for those who are listening, which is everybody, you will have missed, but Andrew just gave a little fist pump then when Dumbo said that he was one of the teams to beat. Very, uh, very entertaining stuff. Um, cool. All right, we'll come over. We'll let you get back to your Justin Herbert clips. Now the family's gone to bed. You can get it on the big screen. Thanks, boys. Appreciate so it. Yeah, good work. Good, I'd, the, I'd say good luck for again. the rest of the year, but you don't need that. <laughs> very true. Thanks, boys. Have a good one. Thanks, Camo. Stay out. Thanks, mate. Bye. All right. Well, I think with uh, with with Camo behind us, um, might be a good time to move on to my team. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say a lot here. There probably not. He needs to be said. But um, what do you guys think? Uh, what am I? Four and three after seven. Made a couple of big trade moves, and it hasn't um, hasn't really worked out yet. It's probably more about building a team for later, but. I haven't been able to get my guys on the park as yet. I reckon my biggest question to you, mate, early days is if you had your time over again, would you do the Atlanta stack, the two wide receivers and the tight end? How have you hmm. found that this year? I've thrown it fine. Like I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with doing a stack. I've done it a lot of times. I think it's probably the okay one. The thing that really worries me about it is their record is so bad that – they could easily start putting players on ice and I could just lose a Julio or a Ridley without really anything, you know, minor injury. And I will just turn that for the year. Trying to trade Ryan at the deadline. If they trade Ryan, mm. you know, I don't even know who their backup is. Yeah, I don't either, actually. Um, but, and then also yeah. just had a look. You know, you make the playoffs and they've got... Matt Shaw. The away to the Chargers, home to Tampa Bay, away to Kansas City. So it's not it's not like they've got a great playoff matchup as well to take advantage of. Um, no, I, I guess I'd, I'd say probably those three are reasonably good scoring teams. And Atlanta, like all you need is, you know, as long as all your players are on the field, Atlanta are the sort of side you don't mind being down 21 because you guys are going to yeah. score points. Um, so no, look, uh, uh, no, I probably would do it again. I mean, because the thing is, you got to remember where I took the guys. Ridley at thirty-four, thirty-five has, you know, he's been wide receiver one most of the year, so that's probably a good pick. I think we've talked about the fact that I wasn't going to pass on Julio at nineteen whenever I took him. So then the question is, do I take Hurst? I would have taken. I'd, I'd prefer to have a different tight end, probably. Yeah, is the honest answer. Um, and I'm, I'm sort of fishing around, but. You know, I just equally don't want to give away any of my jets to get one. So, I mean, it's been it's been frustrating for you with with Julio being um, really quite injured this year. Melvin Gordon hasn't exactly had a great run at it this year. Michael Thomas, you inject him back into your side, and um, 
you know, I think you can definitely be threatening with Mahomes as well. So I think like four and three, you've got enough wins on the board. You're in the mix. Um, you just got to make the playoffs. And then, you know, I think you've got pretty high potential with a lot of your players. Um, where you can, and you've already shown it this, this year. You've already pulled, rattled off a few 150s, 160s this year. So when it all kind of clicks together, you can certainly be pretty dangerous. Mm. Well, I'm, um, I, I guess probably the one thing I would say is uh, I've had obviously a few kind of very big, very close games. Um, a couple have fallen my way, a couple haven't, but I'm pretty happy, I'd say, to be four and three at this point, given I've pretty much had Julio out most of the year and Michael Thomas hasn't played yet. So um, given that, and I've got through the buys of all my running backs, I feel pretty, you know, yeah. I feel like I'm in the right position. Obviously, anything can change, injuries can happen. But if you said you can be where you are now um, yeah. at this point, given everything that's happened, I'd definitely take it. And, and Gaskin's... And Gaskin's been really good for you. Like I, I think um, he's going to be really good for you on go down the stretch. Like, and even if you if you just beat Kamo on the weekend, um, you know you're you're five and two and feeling really good about your team. Um, yeah, you've got Woodsy this week, which is a massive game. We'll get to that later. Um, and then, with due respect, you got Fitzy after that. So, um, you know, there's there's a world where you could have been like seven and two. So yeah, um, yeah. There's no respect so, in that statement look, and, and yeah, just because you said, yeah, apologies, Jesus. <laughs> Point is, I think the league is so bloody tight at the moment. There's about eight teams kind of within striking distance. So um, just on Gaskin, are you worried with uh, Tua taking over that he might lose a bit of the passing um, if he doesn't get the dump offs like he was getting with Tannehill with uh, sorry Fitzpatrick? Yeah, a little, but I mean, I don't know. I try to be a bit um, kind of big picture about it in the sense that, you know, they could have taken Lev Bell. He could have done an ACL. Like I think in the grand scheme of things, even, even you know, your question about the the Falcons guys, if Matt Ryan got traded, um, there's just so many moving parts in these seasons. I'm kind of, I try not to get too down about the little stuff because there's so much of it that, you know, you just... Because, no, like, you know, uh, last year, perfect example, if you had Michael Thomas, you could have been absolutely freaking out when Drew Brees got injured. And it was fine. So, you know, no. Gaskin's not really a starter for me anyway. He's kind of that, he's that depth insurance. I say going the other way. I think, like, there's a, there's a world where Miami's offense is better. So, therefore, he's in a more dangerous offense. I think rookie QBs look for their dump off passes to the running backs quite often, especially early on in their careers. So I think it could be a good thing for him. And I think Miami have clearly shown that he's the lead guy. Um, there's not too much dispute about that. Jordan Howard's been a healthy scratch a few times this year. They're just rolling with Miles Gaskin. So um, I think it's... How, is the, how weird is it the breed is just nothing Yeah, in that offense? Like I went and got him and it just seems sort of strange. Um, anyway, it's probably... Uh, a good way to introduce our next guest uh, who's who's just snuck onto the podcast in the background there. Um, I talk, of course, of uh, the man who, if, if I've had a little bit of luck and Camo has been the luckiest man ever to grace the uh, Ocho Bowl planet, uh, this man's probably on the other side of the fence. Uh, Dale McAuliffe, welcome to the Ocho Pod. Hey, boys. Thanks for having me. Hello, yeah. Dale. <laughs> 
Hi, hi okay. Chris. Good, good to good to see you and talk to you. It's been a while. It's <laughs> too long. Too long between drinks. Well, cheers to you. Cheers to you, man. Dale, you sound incredibly flat, and so I might open with this one for you. What's been worse? Six months of coronavirus lockdowns to try and eradicate a pandemic from Victoria or your fantasy season to date? close the uh it's definitely the, the the fantasy it's just it's it's broken me i didn't know it would take it only took seven weeks but it has well and truly broken me is it seven well, weeks actually, i don't know how long we've been going for yeah it is week seven you actually I, like i don't think this can be conveyed over the the audio medium but you really look flat i told <laughs> you i was i wasn't lying i am genuinely just oh. it has just beaten me from from week one it's just yeah yeah. I mean, having to listen, I mean, having to listen to you boys keep telling me I'm not unlucky. It's just, it's hurt even more. I, I've, I've come around. I was looking at the stats earlier. You've now moved 50 points clear on the most for points against. And then if you look at the breakdown, which is your score against everyone, um, you were, you're sitting at uh, 40 and 37, which is the only other people with positive records are Cam, Woodsy, Jared, who's also been unlucky, and. Um, uh, Manny. So there's yep. only five people with positive records and two of them have actual negative records in the league. And I think if you look through the, the week by week, like the people who have played me have either scored the top or the second top score in most weeks. Yeah, it's uh, it's been brutal. It's been brutal. Cracked the, yeah. It cracked the four figures, mate. A, a thousand and nineteen against in seven weeks. Uh, Where, where's where's Havers with, with a stat? Is that the quickest to a thousand? Have I, have I, have I Ooh, that's a huge question. <laughs> That it, it's it's um I mean the Haver stat last average. week. <laughs> <laughs> the the Haver stat last week was um was was quite telling, which is I think he said you've had in six games. Obviously, it was a week ago. You've had four of your highest ever scores against, and they've all yeah, come in. <laughs> Kenny's score was um was Kenny's score was higher than some of those, so it's probably now five <laughs> out of eight, I reckon, by my calculation. Well, yeah, cheapers. Yeah, that's a that's a little steep. Yeah, so um, you know, that's why I'm drinking some bourbon. Just you know, when life gets you down, just turn to the alcohol cupboard. Well, I feel like your your, your bad streak continued last night because you were very quickly onto a bit of a glitch on the Liquorland website. <laughs> Want to tell us about what happened there? <laughs> I thought, you know, we thought it finally all turned around. Three slabs for 50 bucks. You can't beat that. And then I've just received an email before that it's being refunded and they're not honoring it. Jerks. Why? Oh. <laughs> Woolworths uh, forever. Safeway Dale. When well, it rains, it pours. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> well, if anything's going to drive you back to Safeway Dale, it's probably the, the season that we've had so far. Um, look. We're, we're, we're kind of reviewing the week's games as we review this season. So we might just quickly talk about your, your game against Keeney. Uh, Keeney 155, uh, Dale, you put up 81.4. Now, the one thing, you can talk about how unlucky you were to have 155 against it. <laughs> it didn't get the big 70 of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, look, look, you can go down the list. It just one of those weeks, probably not much work for you. I, I mean, the one that jumped out at me, uh, DK Metcalf scores 4.3, Taylor Lockett scores 50. Uh, we know that could easily be reversed any week. So just, you know, it's probably just one of those weeks. The one shining light um, I took out of this is that I finally got a waiver right <laughs> uh, with G- Giovanni 
What's his name? Giovanni Bernard. Finally got one right. He scored really well for me off the waivers, and it just made absolutely no difference because no one else did anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, my, you know, probably, I think the thing that probably entertained us all most out of this game was big Rodrigo. Keeney, do you want to talk us through what happened there? <laughs> um, look, it, it, was, um, it was in the works for a long, long time. It was, I actually looked at it, on the Thursday night, because obviously he had his buy this week, and I, I reluctantly dropped him for Antonio Brown, which actually didn't cause too much of a stir. But I was worried that someone was going to grab him. But I ended up, if you watched, if you actually saw the waiver wise, I, was, I ended up grabbing someone. I grabbed the kicker for the Tuesday game because I'm like, I just want the latest possible kicker. So if this is in the bag, I'm getting big Rodriguez, <laughs> big fella back in, um, and I'll just sit in. So it all worked out pretty well in the end. So. Look, in, in, from from my point of view, it was kind of just one of those weeks. Like every one of my players scored touchdowns. I think I had eight TDs from my skill guys, which doesn't happen every week. Um, and and Dale was missing some really big guys like Dalvin Cook, um, JT, Jonathan Taylor, um, even Tucker was out. Higby was out. So you had a lot out. So just one of those weeks, I reckon. Embar- yeah, what was, I the, what was the word used? Embarrasses. <laughs> Pummeled. Um, so it was 10 touchdowns to one, including the quarterbacks for the week. Oh. So, <laughs> yeah, and, and Josh Allen did score. Like, unbelievable. It's just yeah. one of those kind of weird weeks that can, can happen. But it was good to see Rodrigo back in. No one pinched him off me. That was probably the, yeah. most, the thing I was most happy about. Very I don't care about the score. It was a Baltimore bye week because all week I was looking just like, I could pick him up. I could pick him up. And then <laughs> I just didn't have the roster spot. It was infuriating. Well, you, did, you, didn't, you didn't leave him long enough. I think if he'd been there for Wednesday waivers, there would have been probably a few takers because everyone wants a piece of the goggles. But um, obviously you, you snuckled him back before the round ended and that did the job for you. Um, I don't know how, I don't know if you guys are the same, but just to kind of go back to your situation from the weekend, Dale, when I'm having a shocker, I kind of want everyone to play badly because I'm like, just get the bad week out now. I don't want to have, you know, someone turn up and put up their 50 when it's not going to make me any difference. So at least at least you've got that to hang on to. I mean, yeah, the Steelers' uh, defense have been good and, you know, it was their bad week. And it's almost kind of take it. the other way as well. Like when you're, no offense, when you're up by a shitload, you don't kind of don't need someone else to go off. <laughs> just mm. Save it, boys. Save them. Because there's, oh, listen, there's nothing sure. 64, he's bounced there's, back. He's up and about. Oh, come no, on, boys. That's, mate, enough, that's enough mid-20 scores for this week. There's there's nothing <laughs> sure than me coming back to earth this week. I can guarantee that. Anyway, Keeney, your, your decision to start the Chiefs, uh, sorry, to bench the Chiefs defense and start the Eagles. Um, yep. Now, obviously, there was a bit of a match-up thing there, but that was pretty long. Uh, hindsight shown, 15 points you left on the table. You could have caught up a 170 burger. Yeah. Um, but you're carrying two defenses, which is very unlike you. Just well, I've been carrying two defenses for this week and this week only. The Chiefs have the Jets. I'm very, very excited by it. They're 21 point favourites. Um, so if they don't perform this week, they probably never will. But I think they've got a good defense anyway. So um, I'll see if I'll hang on to them. My bench did score 72, by the way. Nearly knocked you off there, though. <laughs> that, that, that'll on Haver's ladder of you know best coaches leaving points on the bench type situation. Um, that'll that'll cost you a bit. Yeah, Damn. which is stiff when it's a defense doing it too. Um, all right, well, 
Oh, sorry, go, go ahead. I'm going to bring up a hot button issue. Dale's tight ends. So in the group chat, Dale mentioned to the it. reason he has two tight ends is so that um, he doesn't have to start someone like Gronkowski. So if we take both of Dale's tight ends for the last three starts they've had and then Gronk's last three starts, Gronk by himself was outscored him 44 points uh, to 30 points. <laughs> I knew this was coming. This is part of it. Like, come on. <laughs> Jeepers. Ooh. Yeah, they've, uh, they've been pretty ordinary. Tight end in particular. I just, yeah. I just, Look, Gronk's just available just for straight. I don't, like him. No, I don't want him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with Schultz and my boy Higby because I feel like just I've invested too much into them right now to get rid of them. So <laughs> I'm riding them the whole way. And that's probably to my own detriment, but I'm going to see it through. I feel like every Look, year there's... Cost you this week. I feel like every year there's two good tight ends and the rest are all the same. Three to 20 yeah. are the same player. Yep. Any given week, they could go off or they could just be terrible. Completely agree. And I think it's it's a bit like quarterbacks have been this year too. And, and some years it happens, some years it doesn't. But... You just once you get in that cycle, you, you, whoever you take is not that good enough, and you're constantly chasing someone else, and you never you can't find it because it doesn't exist. Um, and it's worked out a bit that way with quarterbacks this year. There's obviously there's a group, and we talked about it a bit with Cumley before, of kind of four or five or six, and everyone else. It, you might get a guy who has a great week, but they just kind of the next week you're going to get a stinker out of him. Um, I'm a bit like at the tight end with Hayden Hurst, like he's doing the job okay, but. I'm constantly frustrated that I can't get a Kelsey numbers or a Kittle numbers from him, and I never will. No, you know, I'm not going to be able to turn that around. So, just to be I, fair, yeah, Higby, I, didn't, Higby didn't play last week, so you can't count he scored. No, I said know. last three starts have made. Oh, last three started. Right, right. I thought it, I thought it was both of them because it probably still he probably still would have beaten both their scores from the last three weeks. Yeah, he, see, both, didn't, yeah, didn't Higby play their last three starts? So they've had six starts. Like, uh, over, yeah, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yep. Yep. Mm. Right. So, Dale, your season to date, um, we've probably spent more than enough time talking about the luck of it, but um, just kind of talk us through, talk us through, you you started with, obviously, as we talked about when we did your preseason review, the post-draft though, um, you started with Barkley and Cook, which was pretty ridiculously good at the running back position. Barkley, obviously... Very unlucky start. He was absolutely horrible week one and did his ACL week two. Um, can't do much about injury luck, but kind of talk us through your team post-draft and how that's played out. And um, I, I will kind of, just as you go to do that, remind everyone that as of a couple of weeks ago, the team you drafted in terms of the players were the highest scoring group of drafted players across the league. So, you know, a few things have gone right there. Yeah, unfortunately, most of them aren't playing for my team anymore, um, which I think is really part of my issue. Um, so, yeah, so obviously, I think Barkley, you know, Barkley was the one we, you guys have spoken about. But then I also had Sutton, who was my first off-the-board wide receiver, not actually play a game for me and score a point. So um, I actually lost both RB1 and WR1 um, in the first two weeks. So uh, luckily, at the same time, I did trade... Russell Wilson for Allen and Landry. So I did have a spot, but then Landry has done nothing. Uh, and now Allen has kind of trailed right off um, on that one. So that looks like another miss um, for me in that one. So I can see why that um, 
you know, I've, I, I still think that I, I drafted quite well when you look at it. Um, I think that Wilson pick, you know, we spoke about that at the start of the season, whether going for him at, I think it was 70-something, um, that seemed to have been a very good decision at that point. Um, uh, and then, you know, I think Higby was probably the biggest miss of them all. Um, there's a few blokes who went around there who have done quite well. But then, you know, I took Justin Jefferson, not really knowing who he was, and dropped him, I think. I don't even know whether he was on my list for the first week and <laughs> he's gone off. Um, oh, Mike Williams man. has had a couple of weeks where he's gone off. Uh, uh, there's, I think there was another one that I started with. Um, well, John Brown went off in the first two weeks and has been injured ever since. So, yeah, it's... Um, and then obviously my boy Tom Brady, ranked number six at the moment, Keeney, just mark that down. Um, he's down been, home. yeah, super <laughs> impressive. Uh, Although, yeah, uh, yeah, it doesn't matter how impressive he is if he's never going to start the team. He's also not on my team anymore because I dropped him. Because yeah. once I traded uh, Wilson out, I didn't need to hold a second quarterback because the only point I had one was because Wilson had a buy early. But um, Allen's not till week 11, I think it is. So... Yeah, so I, I could see, yeah, I, th- I think, um, yeah, the, the blokes I actually drafted have all done pretty well. It's just, yeah, not enough are still on my team, which is uh, the issue. I was just going to say, you could make a case that um, if you look at Dale's first six picks in the draft, there's not too many teams that have a better first six. If you go through them, Barkley's stiff, Dalvin Cook, who's looked amazing this year, Jonathan Taylor gets the full start after Marlon Mack goes down, DK Metcalf was a wide receiver one at, at some point this year. Um you know, apart from last week, he's been unbelievable. Sutton goes down, we don't know, but they had pretty high hopes for him. And then Russell Wilson. So, um, yeah, you've been a bit unlucky with with two injuries there to key players um, early in the year as well. It's not like you could you didn't get any production out of them, basically. Like, you got one week out of Barkley, nothing out of Sutton. Um, and then, as a result, you've had to make a move on on Wilson, which is the right thing to do. I still think, I still think you've got... I don't know how you feel about your team, but I, I, I still think you've got enough pieces there, like... Josh Allen will be fine. I think Jarvis Landry gets an uptick now with Odell out for the year. Um, DK Metcalf's the stud, as we said. You get Jonathan Taylor back in. You get Dalvin Cook back in. I think you're going to be all right. Um, talk us through Frank Gore, though. So you've obviously dropped him. You've just had enough. There was a big controversy tonight that Frank Gore has gone. Any reason? <laughs> Well, I just, my, my thinking was I probably, I hopefully don't need him um, was my main thinking on it <laughs> with um, with the three running backs now all, I think they've all had their buy now. Maybe Henderson's still got his, but um, yeah, and I don't think I would play him in the flex uh, in any given week. So yeah, I, um, I don't even know who I brought in. I brought in some, oh, I brought in the other um, Cleveland wide receiver, didn't I? Um, just uh, to add to my... Yeah. Nelson Aguilar. Oh, yeah. no, I brought in the... Uh, yeah, I brought in Hunter there. Renfro and gone for a different Las Vegas wide receiver. Uh, yeah, I was well, tossing though. up, actually. Yeah, there you go. I didn't even remember who I picked up. I did that this afternoon. Oh, that's how flat I am. You've lost the plot because and I, we constantly criticise you for this, but you're currently carrying two kickers. You've dropped Frank Gore and kept the second kicker on your roster. That's a starting RB1 for his team. Granted, no one wants him, but... Like, is he a starting RB1 though anymore? They've got this other bloke that everyone keeps talking about. You know, I don't watch the game, so I can only go off what gets written in the little comments. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that guy. Um, and who's Ball's gonna be the main guy as long as Adam Gase is the coach, I think. Yeah, but the main guy still only gets you 10 at the Jets, so it's um, on a good day. Yeah. The, the thing you got to remember with Gore is, um, he has not scored any touchdown, like, he is the guy that will get the goal line carries, they just don't get to the goal line, but at some point, they're going yeah. to. 
And they had the um, they had the Chiefs this week, I think. So bad matchup. I was just not even interested in, in holding him. Um, he'll probably still be. And then I've got Tevin Coleman coming back. So off IR. So I need to make a spot free anyway. So um, I'll probably end up uh, being bollock. Are you watching the San Fran games? Sure. When they're Definitely on. not. <laughs> when they're on. No, 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 no. The, the, the reason I ask is because, yeah, no, the reason I ask that is because um, it's obviously uh, most of injured and then Jerick McKinnon was thought to be the main guy, but last week literally is getting, getting a ball. That's got to, there's obviously a couple of other guys. I think there's, this is Jermichael Hasty and there's Jeff Wilson, but Jeff Wilson got injured now as well. He's IR now as um, well. Yeah, so it sort of has played out quite well for Coleman. Like if he's ever going to have a good situation to come back to, it feels like maybe this is it, but I don't know. We'll, I mean, we'll call that some luck and, and finally I got some luck in my foresight. Maybe, I don't know. I, I feel like we've just, I've just explained to you a bunch of stuff about your own team that you were unaware of. Based <laughs> no, of on course the I was aware of all that. Of course I was aware of all that. I told you I read the comments. <laughs> you, you gave me no new information that I couldn't read online. Um, right, okay. Yeah, no, no, I knew that. Oh, then, I mean, Jeff Wilson, I think, surprised everyone. Um, hence why no one picked him up last week uh, with that performance he pulled out. So, um, yeah, but <laughs> then he goes and gets injured again, so he's gone. But yeah, no, I'll, I'll one of the kickers will go. They both got, yeah, they both got horrible matchups this week. So I don't know which one to drop, but I'll probably I'll hold one. Will go. Oh, going from two to zero would be a bit odd, which I'm pretty sure oh, is what you Fitzy's did. A done. Of weeks. Fitzy's done it. Fitzy, yeah. <laughs> Carries two kickers and then drops some bucks. <laughs> oh, I love Fitzy. I can't wait to talk about that. And just, I'm sure the other guys have some questions for you. But before we do, I do have a question related to Fitzy. So it's a nice little time to bring it up. Are you concerned that from the moment you call your team, I can't Barkley, it's not Fitzy, and put a photo that looks like Fitzy there? that you've basically just got yourself the Fitzy curse. <laughs> nothing has worked for you since that moment. To be honest, thinking about the hits and misses of the year, my name is definitely a miss. I only did it because I really liked that photo and I wanted the photo, but I, um, yeah, I hate my name. And I should have just adopted the Andrew principle and just changed it every couple of weeks when something cool happens. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm really not liking it. Well, that, that could be the thing that gets your season going in the right direction. Yeah, just the change of the name. Yeah, I, At one point during the season, I was going to implement a rule for next year being you can't have someone else in the league's name or picture because I, <laughs> I keep clicking on uh, Havers' team when I'm like, oh, I'll go try and make a trade with Manny or Manny. Like, the same with you and Fitzy. So I was like, at one point I was like, fuck this, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that that paper was me. I'm like, oh, yeah. I guess I can't get confused by something. Yeah, no. Nah, but the Fitzy one always gets me. Dale being Fitzy, I keep thinking it's him. Uh, oh, well, all right. So to ask Keeney's question, because um, he, he looks like he's he's chatting to come about Justin Herbert clips at the moment. It looks pretty busy. <laughs> um, the, the, uh, the best pick in the draft that you made. Oh, that's a tough one, actually. Um, it's, it's probably it's a, it's a I'm I'm tossing up between Taylor or Metcalf or even Wilson actually because um, I didn't really want Wilson. Um, it, it'd be a can I go a three way tie? Probably Taylor. I think that was probably the most oh, strategic move. Don't I made. be a Daryl Henderson pick there. I think Henderson yeah, I know at that twenty four. 
Yeah, and that was almost out of desperation because I didn't know anyone else on the board that was left, and he was the only name that I had actually seen before. Um, so yeah, that that was probably a pretty good one because um, considering where he left, he went. Um, I still like the Blake Jarwin pick, um, <laughs> even though he only gave me one week and got injured. But yeah, I think Taylor was probably the most strategic pick I did, and it's paid off. So I feel like I like that one. You could also make a case for the rookie of the year at pick one thirty-five there even though you didn't know who he was, but Justin Jefferson would have been a nice pick if he kept it. Gee whiz. That's an unbelievable pick in hindsight. The the way this has played out has just frustrated me even more because I I think, as I said to you guys, I traded that pick to Dale because I thought, I want Justin Jefferson. There's no way he's going to take him because he won't know who he is. And I, I can upgrade a pick later on and I'll pick him up in three picks or something. And I missed him. And then, of course, he's done exactly what I thought he was going to do because, obviously, being a Vikings man, I just thought, yeah, he's going to be the Diggs role. He's going to be amazing. Obviously, started slow. Um, the only save is that I basically took him in every other league. So, this is the one league I missed out on. So, it's probably made it a little bit easier for me to handle. But the fact that you've, like, dropped him and he's ended up in other teams and stuff is... Ah. Not just in another team. He's ended up in Ben's team. And then last week against me, he scored 44 or something just to rub it in my face even more. Uh, there's nothing worse in fantasy when you trade someone a player and they go off against you. It's unbelievable. So, yeah. Yeah. So, no, good stuff, Justin Jefferson. So, mate, at, at two and five, how's the mindset? Do you still think you can get back into this? Do you think you can make it's playoffs? A, it's- it's a fire sale. All, everyone's really? for sale. <laughs> yeah, I'm Ooh. throwing everything up in the air. <laughs> uh, except Andrew, stop trying to lowball me with Mike Evans trades and uh, and Woodsy. I don't <laughs> want Levy on Woodsy. I don't want Levy on Bell. He <laughs> so what anyone else? For? I'm open to trade. Like, what what, what, what are you trying to get? Someone who's going to score more than 15 a week. But so, like, if it's a fire sale, like for example, say you're going to trade out Jonathan Taylor. Yep. What are you trying to turn him into? <laughs> so I'd be trying to turn Jonathan Taylor into a, another running back of lesser quality and a, a wide receiver. That you no can one's start, right? That I can start, but no one's interested in that. So I don't know. I, I need you do I'd that with Delvin on. Cook? Uh, well, Delvin Cook. Right. Like, yeah, yeah no, know, Delvin, I'm just, I'm just, the, the wheels Delvin are spinning. Cook, I'd probably want, Delvin Cook, I'd probably want a bit more than that. I'd probably want. Yeah, I'd want a, a better so, quality. So, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give you some specific examples. Delvin Cook, would you be interested in, like, say, Melvin Gordon and a startable <laughs> wide receiver? Yeah, that would be of interest. Um, Josh right. Allen's also on the table. He's, see, Josh, Allen's piss, Josh Allen's pissing me off, so he's on the table as well. See, Dale, you've just played someone who scored 155 and a bench of 72. I can't believe you're not having a look around in that kind of depth. <laughs> Have you been shopping offers or you're just waiting for the offers to come to you? I threw one out to Havens, actually. Um, T. Higgins, Chase Edmonds. You know, I've got quite a few nice, tasty names. Chase Edmonds got a couple of weeks. Well, he's because he's only playing because Drake's injured. T. Higgins was some bloke you luckily got off the waiver wire last week. So, Have you looked at Edmonds' score with Drake in the lineup this year? No, I haven't, actually. (laughs) It's been pretty good. Um. But he's on what your team and he's a running a back, so I just end, assume like they're Mark all Andrews. shit. He must be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> a, a tight end trade? No, I don't want tight ends. You offered me him already, didn't you? No, I offered uh, Mark Andrews just then. Uh, see what you can package who's, up. 
Check your inbox now. Who's going to win the league, mate? Who's the biggest threat to win the league, do you reckon? So it's funny. I was actually going through trying to make a trade um, and there's two that I think are recent Cam, uh, probably the two I still think are in the best position. Um, Cam's obviously sitting nicely. Reese has had a few stumbling blocks, but the other two, when I look at their, they're trying to trade with them. It's just like, oh, I feel like I'm going to make them too strong. Um, I feel like if Jared can get his act together and start pulling some wins, he's still got such an amazing lineup, but he's just um, also suffering from the, uh, the unluckiness at the moment. Um, but yeah, I think though somewhere there, um, I feel like my preseason prediction on Camo was about right, where he's just going to be up and down, and he's just, you know, <laughs> he scored the second lowest score one week. It happened to play the bloke who scored the lowest. Like that's just unreal. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I feel like Camo, you know, Odin, with Odell going down, he'll probably slide. Um, so yeah, I still think there's there's room for the top six to change. I don't want to say, it, but Manny's kind of looking okay as well. Um, you now he's got all these players back. It'll be interesting to see whether they take off all at the same time or not. Yeah, well, my, my team might look quite different now after after that trade offer. But no, it's um, <laughs> I, I think I think it's funny all the t- all the teams you just mentioned, particularly recently, where teams that are like they're on potential, like it's not happening. We're waiting on guys to come back from injury and to pan out. So. Yeah, it's um, and, and Andrew, you're probably a bit like that too. You've just like slowly accumulated this high potential team, but obviously need more to click. Guys like Lamar. Well, I mean, it's more that just both my running backs got injured at the same time. Whereas if they'd both been healthy, I would have my full team available now. Mm. Like, I haven't really traded in anyone that was injured. No, but I guess like even someone like Lamar is, from what we expect him to be, he's not performing at that level. So you're sort of you're banking on him going back to what he was last year or you're hoping for it, I guess. Um, the, so the trade Manny offered me was Melvin Gordon and Christian Kirk for Delvin Cook. Um, have we ever had a live rejection of a trade on a podcast before? We are now. We are now. <laughs> there it is. About, so you, you, uh, you, you can count on though. You, you can count Henderson on. straight up for a wide receiver? Would I, would I offload Henderson? Yeah. Yeah. Told it, fire sale, everyone's up. <laughs> Except DK Metcalf, he's the only one I actually enjoy. You, you, you know, you, you can you can counter the trade. I can, but I'm on. I'm trying to, you know, do, do the do the listeners across the world really want to hear us countering trades? I feel like they they want to see the first ever live trade. That's what they want. Oh, listen um, to him. Speaking of first ever live trades. Kenny, give me some insights on the Swans. I've got Chuka just hounding me for information. <laughs> he, hounds, he hounds me as well, mate. I assume you'd give him nothing. That's why he turned to me. <laughs> hey, Dale, what I'll if talk, I threw I'll in talk. Goskowski? Do you need a big <laughs> I dropped Goskowski for a reason. <laughs> oh, really? He's got, he's got Cincinnati this week. You watch him put up big 25 again. All right. Um, well, that's probably long enough to spend on your team, Dale. But if you want to hang around, we're just about to uh, to go to Keeney's team. I think if no one else has any comments, I've I've got one more um, question for Dale, and it's I'm just doing a straw poll amongst the league, and that is um, Keeney or Woodsy in week nine. I've been on team Woodsy the whole year in our battle against you, Keeney. Um, <laughs> I've noticed. <laughs> so I'm going to, I think I have to stick with stick the cleats and potatoes. 
like even it. though after the walloping you just gave me, uh, you've got the hot hand at the moment. But uh, yeah, I'll stick with my boy Woodson. Like it. Thank you. Yep, a scoreboard gets updated. All right. I really um, just, you- I really just want to frame a market going into week nine. <laughs> <laughs> He's just it, it, uh, it's it's going to be an expensive year for Woodsy when when the wheels fall off and he suddenly <laughs> spends fifty on the league entry, fifty on his lost Kini, another thirty five on fantasy pros per month. Um, it's, it's, I don't know how much he's plugged into that DFS DraftKings thing, but I reckon he, he probably drops a couple of hundred a week on that one. He's um, yeah, it's it's a bad hobby for him, I reckon. Cole Beasley machine. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, all right, so let's let's talk Keeney's team. Um, Keeney, midway through the year, you've um, you've you've seen the absolute lows of the Nintendo, and you've seen some highs as well. Top score of the round last week, being amongst them. How are you feeling? Uh, yeah, feeling okay. Um, I think a lot of that has to do with my obsession with rookie running backs in year one. Um, so I've got a few of them this year and I've just traded for another one, which is which is an interesting talking point, which you can go into if you like. Um, so I probably, in hindsight, I reckon, didn't factor into the fact that, um, you know, the rookies didn't get much practice. They wouldn't get much real game reps um, in practice matches. So they might start off a bit slower. Um, encouraging with a guy like Swift, who's been good since their bye the last two weeks, he's been a lot more involved. Um, in the run game and passing game. He's still got Adrian Peterson there. So I'm hoping they eventually go to him kind of in a 80%, 20% role, but we'll see how that goes. Um, you know, I've moved a few pieces. I've moved Tyreek Hill to you, Andrew. Um, I think that was a bit of a win-win for both of us at this stage. Um, but yeah, feeling okay. I mean, I need to I need to keep winning. Otherwise, I'm, you know, I'm just going to fall too far behind. So like a lot of kind of teams in that bottom, you know, four or five, they need to just rack up wins no matter kind of who it comes up against. You just got to keep winning. Otherwise, you it'll just slip away to, and you get too far behind. So, um, yeah, all in all, feeling okay despite Woodsy's uh, thoughts. Is is Goggles the best pick you've ever made? <laughs> I can't believe I didn't mention him. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, look, sometimes you just need things to cling to and um, I've latched onto him. And I think he's sort of, I think he's the number one kicker. It's pretty funny. It's actually a very funny story. Um, he's just obviously a massive nerd, but what a guy. Um, and to get him back as well. And it's a fair that. <laughs> it is. And it's it, it's a real 30 for 30 kind of moment, isn't it? Like they might do a doco on it. Does it change your mind about kickers keeny and not not streaming them and just picking one and sticking with them for a whole year? Look, uh, that's a that's a fair question. And um I'm certainly more tempted next year to get involved in the kicker market. I know you've had good success with it this year. Um, I just It just worries me that, that Goggles could be like an 11th round commodity next year. I know they normally go in the 12th, but when he's staring at, when he's staring at you with those Goggles, it's hard to pass up on in the 2021 draft. So. I feel like we've converted Keeney. He's got he's a now a one man kicker and he's got two defenses. What I've is going on? <laughs> he's had two kickers at one point this year as well. I agree. I reckon no. he's lost the point. And that's why he's three and four. I reckon you did. I reckon you, <laughs> no you, you held goggles for a bit at one point where you had some. You'll be signing up to fantasy pros. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, you know what? I, I will say if we did our draft with 
every person's face of all the players and you had to take it and move it onto the board, goggles would go three rounds earlier. Like if you got to stare at that face all night well, and, you know, deciding who to pick, I guarantee you someone would go, oh, I'm taking him in the eighth. Oh, can't really get around me. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 sorry, I was just going to say one other thing. It's just an interesting one. Like talking to Dale's team and how unlucky he's been with um, like Sutton and Barkley, like you look at a guy like George Kittle who I thought he'd done his knee in the first half of week one. If that happens, the whole team's different. Like I'm no chance yeah. if he does his name. Yeah. So, um, you know, fantasy can hinge on those kind of things. It's um, frustrating. See, um, it's it's raises the question just, Dale, for you. Given you lost those two such significant players so early, were you tempted just to try and do the fire sale then and try and reinvent your whole team? Because, like, you, you've broadly kept your team consistent. You've made a few you, – you've dropped guys, granted, but you haven't been, like, making big trades or anything with your best players. Um, if you had your time again, obviously the record is one thing, but would you would you go, right, I've lost these two. I'm going to take my best players and try and turn them each into two players to, to yeah, solve yeah. the problem? It's interesting because that week two when they both went down was actually the highest score I'd scored all year. Um, so I think I, I lulled myself into a false sense of security that – the blokes I had left were going to do the job for me. Um, and Henderson on the bench scored 20 that week, I think, as well. So I was like, John Brown scored 20. I was like, okay, now nah, I'm good. I've got enough depth. We can we can get through this. Um, that clearly hasn't come to fruition. Um, and maybe I should have been more aggressive. And I think that's probably the one thing I missed doing was trading well, which I think, you know, guys like Andrew and yourself, Steve and Keeney, you've all taken advantage of Fitzy, I think, at one point, and, you know, <laughs> or striking your teams. <laughs> you haven't, Keeney, but yeah, the other two have. <laughs> Jesus. Lost to the block. Hasn't, haven't we seen just some real buttering up from Steve tonight, live on the podcast? Just a, any any angle that he can get into Dale to trade this pick, he is just buttering him up, giving him all sorts of ideas, flooding his brain to... with little ideas. Let's see what <laughs> Dale, look outside your front door while we've been on the podcast. I've just uh, got shows to deliver you some bran muffins that we just baked for you as well. <laughs> I'll um I'll get horse on the line. Anyone we want um, next year in a trade week scenario, we can do a bit of a multi-sport trade. <laughs> um, speaking of uh, and, and also just just to uh, to I think it's pretty fair to say there's no way Fitzy loses on the trade with me now. Like he's miles ahead right now, but he, he can't lose. Thielen's been good every week and Thomas hasn't played yet. So um, it might have seemed like a good trade to me at the time, but it definitely hasn't worked out that way. Um, the Speaking of really, really bad trades, probably getting back to your team, King, um, talk us through the Acres, Acres trade. Like, and I understand Evans isn't his best at the moment, but Acres is useless. He, might, like, he could have traded for a coach. That's about how many points you're going to get out of him. Yeah, no, it's a, uh, it's a fair point. Um, what I'll say in my defence, and it's a pretty flimsy defence, um, I'm worried about Evans a fair bit. Although you've actually lucked out, Andrew. Godwin's out this week. So um, if I had my time again, I wouldn't have done that. But um, I'm worried about Evans with Godwin in the lineup. Antonio Brown's kind of coming to town. I don't really know what that means for Evans. Um He's been pretty poor this year without him. I think he he got targeted for the first time in the third quarter on the weekend. Um, I'm just a bit worried about him. Now, the Cam Akers side of it, um, 
look, for mine, it's a a bit of an upside play. Obviously, he's barely getting used at the moment, but a similar thing with the other rookies. Like, I'm hoping that they actually kind of go to him at some point. It's more like I'm not starting him, put it that way. Um, but I just hope that it's kind of one of those plays where it could help me later on in the year. Um, and I try not to, like, I think it's important to, if you're trying to win a league, you don't always have to win the trade um, at the time. So I don't know. It looks, look, it looks terrible on paper. I get that. But if somehow Akers gets involved in this offense, who knows? It's just a bit of a stab in the dark. I could have got more from him, from um, Evans. I agree. Um, but Akers is kind of guy, a guy I liked at the start of the year and he kind of hadn't done much. And I just thought you do the deal, you do the trade. So um, I was kind of just happy to flip it and take the risk. Are you pumped to start Evans though? Well, he's one of those players that like he has, he's got what four, five and five the last two weeks, but then he plays the Giants this week. He'll score 20, he'll score 20 yeah. the next week. Then he'll score five again. Like he's uh, very up and down in his scoring, but yeah, when he goes off, he'll score two touchdowns and 80 yards. Probably the worst part about it was as soon as I did the trade, Andrew texted me saying I was going to put him on waivers. <laughs> you know what? That's that's karma for taking the knee by starting the goggles, I reckon. It's just, <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> if you better put arrogance out to the world, arrogance is coming back to you. So do you deny that you accidentally traded for him thinking he was David Akers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, I did do my due diligence. Um it was good. He got. I think he got one snap on the weekend, which was great. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew has actually carry, just offered me Evans in the trade. So, no, he's three. Yeah, oh. yeah and um, look, it's uh, it's pretty gross right now. No, but we'll see if it we'll see it if it expands in the future. Who knows? The the thing that shocked me the most was you inquiring with me about Gaskin for Evans, and I wasn't drastically opposed to it. Like I like I I. I I didn't think it was ridiculously unreasonable. It just didn't fit my team. So I was in my head thinking you're kind of in the Gaskin ballpark and then you just swooped in with acres. So anyway, um, what, what, what's worked for you, King? What were you happy with out of the draft and kind of season so far? Um, to be honest, uh, not a lot worked early on in the, on in the year. Um, George Kittle, like, yeah, he got injured, but he's a superstar far out. He's so good to watch. Um, I just love having him on my team. I just enjoy watching him. What do you him. think of his haircut? Uh, it's doing a bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bit rat tail-like, isn't it? But um, we, we, we wouldn't want him in the sensible haircuts. So let's just say no. if, we, if we traded him in, <laughs> there'd be a bit of a trim going on. <laughs> yeah, it'd be in the contract. Um I'm just going through my draft at the moment. Um, yeah, look, the first three picks were solid enough, I think. Um, Hill, Kittle and, and DJ Moore, who's admittedly been really quite slow to start. He's been better the last couple of weeks, but um, he yeah, certainly hasn't been as good as what I thought he would be. Um, and then kind of the rookie running backs has been the talking point, as I kind of touched on at the start. It's just I'm hoping that post by, and you're probably hoping the same day with with Jonathan Taylor, and I think it'll, it might happen. They'll just start to unleash some more and just give them even more of a workload post by, hopefully. Um, so we'll kind of see how that all all plays out. 
I do like the the waiver acquisition of T Higgins though. That's probably been one of my better waiver wire pickups. I think he's really good, um, and he's a big part of that Cincinnati offense. So happy to kind of plug him in on a bye week. Worst Antonio pick? Brown. Oh, well, worst pick, T Wiz. Yeah, it depends if you ask Woodsy or me, I guess. Um, worst pick, Daniel Jones, probably, just because. <laughs> I'm so happy you said that. <laughs> uh, it's probably Bryce Love, but um, it, it's a bad pick. It's not like it cost me, though. So um, I was expecting him to take. And look, the excuses are there that he's played played a tough schedule, but I still don't think he turns the ball over so much. My God! Um, so in that range, when you're looking at like, I'm just looking at who else went around him. Um, oh yeah, that's right. I took I took him the pick before Wentz. I did want T.J. Hawkinson at that point, um, but old old commish balls here swooped in and took him. Um, but yeah, look, he hasn't looked good. So I thought he'd take a leap in in year two, and he hasn't done that. So. Um, I'll cop that. That's been a pretty poor pick, and I moved on quickly. I think before the year started. You know. What about Min- Minshew? Key, how... Sorry, mate. you replaced him with Minshew, I think. If great Minshew, mate. Minshew mania. Look, Minshew's been okay. He's been all right. What is not, he? Not, like, on, not on your list anymore. Yeah, I think he's. Um, I've moved on for now. Yeah, moved on. It's a bit of a QB carousel at the moment. If you don't have one of those top five guys, I just feel like there's so many other guys that you can just plug in. Um, it, the tricky thing is trying to work out when they're going to have good weeks. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable with, like, a Tannehill. I think I've got in there at the moment um, that he'll be okay. He's got some rushing upside as well. So, um, yeah. I, I will tell you an interesting stat that I've just, just – I was just thinking about this while you were speaking. And, it look, uh, you know, uh, I'll – it is what it is, but I'm just going through the draft list and the records to date. And obviously we've talked about the fact that there's kind of that group of top end quarterbacks and then there's that group of two top end tight ends. Um, if I go through the list of every team, so let's say we stop it at probably Murray, Kyle Murray. So any quarterback taken after that, um, you put, oh, I, look, let, let's let's for argument's sake include the three guys that went after that. So, um, what was that? Dak. No, actually, let's exclude him. No, no, so let's exclude him. Just keep the numbers really thin. So, um, we've got the two tight ends. We've got Kelsey and we've got Kittle, and then you've got Mahomes, Kyler Murray, and um, and, and Jackson. Lamar. Obviously, Lamar. Yeah. So Lamar obviously went early, but he's now on Andrew's roster. So Andrew's got hold of him. Um, Cam didn't take any of those guys. Then you've got um, yourself, Keeney, you didn't, you took Kittle. Um, Camo took none of those guys. Okay, that's interesting. Um, but then, so Jared didn't take any of them. Took Murray. 50. No, no, uh, Camo took Murray. Um, yeah, Fitzy didn't fine. take, oh, yes, yeah, so, so, let's talk about Jared. Yeah, Fitzy didn't take any. Camo did take Murray. Uh, Dale didn't take any, Reese didn't take any, Havers didn't take any, and then Woodsy and I both did. I took a quarterback, Woodsy took Kelsey. Um, if you go through the ladder, it's basically the top five or six guys were the ones that took one of them or both. 
the bottom ones didn't. The only exclusion would be Ben did, but then traded it to Andrew. I with Lamar. Yeah, so Wilson be that that just that next next group, right? And and Jared as well with Dak. That was that kind of, you know, in or out. Um, and then I mean Woodsy, he was the one that took um who ended up with um Allen and took Allen and then traded with Wilson, but he obviously had um, anyway, long, long, long-winded point. Basically, the point I'm trying to make is it's interesting that, generally speaking, the better teams are the ones that took those who kind of gone for the, you know, the positions that are really short. But I think, as we sort of have said a number of times, we sort of knew it was the case with tight end. It's you never know with quarterback. Like some quarterback years, it can just be you can stream a guy that's no different to the top six type, you know, dude. So, anyway, just the thought. Uh, back, back to your team, Keeney. Um, <laughs> gee, really, I, 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 I'd say that Dale coming on has just dragged us down with his flatness, but I think that was just me. I just, just really lost <laughs> there for I sort of sleep with that. That was, uh, yeah. was great. Well, yeah, so the big question so is we're taking a straw poll week nine. Who's going to win yourself or uh, <laughs> Um I think Woodsy's favourite. But I'll back myself in to win, so <laughs> pressure's on Woozy, really. I mean, far out. How do I beat him? Yeah, where, where, where the do funny you think thing's gonna come from. The funny thing was, um, when he made the trade, I was fully aware of that he had a couple of players on buy in week nine. Um, oh sorry, when he made the bet. Um, so he's got Tyler Boyd out and Cooper Cup out, which is interesting. Um so he will have to start, probably will start the great Cole Beasley, which will be ironic. Week nine, he's got a nice matchup actually against Seattle, just looking at it. Um, I think the, my biggest concern is obviously Russell Wilson. So I'm hoping to nullify him there. I think just Kittle has to go off, really. Kittle v Kelsey is going to be pretty crucial. I think kind of if, if one one team gets a bit of an advantage there, Um and look, it's it's goggles v Butker. So there's just it's huge, great matchups all wherever you look, one v two uh, everywhere. Where we'll get a chance to really <laughs> deeply preview this one next week because we've got Woodsy on for the second part of the the season reviews, and um, we, we we teed that up very intentionally so we can just put the two of you mono a mono. Andrew and I can mute ourselves and we'll just let the two of you slug it out for a little while. As we lead into what's probably the most anticipated match of the season so far, um, quick one, Teeny. Other teams, who's the who's the one to beat from your perspective at this point of the year? Um, yeah, look, I think it's hard not to like um, what Cam's doing right now, but um, I don't know if Dale, you said this as well. I I kind of think Reese is just sitting there as well. He's got Christian McCaffrey to come back in. Um, Nick Chubb to come back in whenever that happens. Um, uh, if he makes the playoffs, he's going to be the one, I think, to beat. He's got to get there, but, I mean, he's got two stars coming back in and he's four and three. Yeah, so what? Uh, yeah, that's right. A bit like we said with my team earlier, you know, when you're four and three and you've got a bunch of improvement in your team, and I think Reese is the one with the most easily the most improvements come because he doesn't even have the backups. Um, he's yeah. obviously got Cream Hunt, but Cream Hunt's good on his own right. And, and Cam actually loses out of that too when McCaffrey comes back. So, yeah, um, that's a fair point. All right, well, look, Dale, it's been a pleasure. Um, chin up, mate. 
this could be your week. It's uh, it's it's only one fantasy matchup from turning around for you. And uh, who do I have this week? It's a big week. I've got race. I've got race. Yeah, you got race. It's a massive game. I think, I think all of us are cheering you on because for the exact reason we just discussed, we're a little bit nervous about race. Um, so we just don't want him to be sitting too comfortably when he gets all his players back. We need him to be scrapping for the bottom half of the six. You're projected so, to win by 20, mate. Far up. Yeah, but he's got... Uh, nah. Yeah. Far oh, up, yeah, son. <sighs> no, I just I can't get to I watch, just I just can't. I just can't. You moment. watch McCaffrey will play on Thursday night. <laughs> <laughs> is it no, don't tell me. Is he even a chance? He's a chance. No, he's oh, a chance, yeah. yeah. It's against he's Atlanta. Got Freem- too, he's got Freeman who's probably not gonna play in his team still. Correct. So Yeah. You're a big chance if, if McCaffrey doesn't play. How yes. how excited are we all to watch the Falcons on Thursday night? Oh, what a great way to start the weekend. <laughs> But, uh, it's bad for you. you. You'll know if you've won or lost by like one o'clock <laughs> on Friday afternoon. Yeah. Imagine if I'm sitting on 150 and I've still got eight players to play. <laughs> now, I know, I know we, um, we don't encourage gambling too much on this podcast, but um, these two teams played against each other a couple of weeks ago and um, we did tell the punters to get on Carolina at that point. I'm going to do it again. They're two and a half point favourites, Carolina. Why are they not seven point five? They are way better than Atlanta. What is going on? I don't. I can't work out why Carolina are only two and a half points favourites at home. I, don't, I just don't understand. Gamble responsibly. <laughs> we're, we're, we've never we've never tipped you a loss yet on the podcast, so we don't intend to start now. Get on board, yeah, Absolutely. Can I ask, uh, can I ask a question? In the multi. You guys are, you know, know a lot more than I do. What does it mean that I don't think I've ever had a Friday night starter this season? What does that mean for my team? Does it just mean that my guys are no good, or is this a genuine it, question? It, mean, it, it means the, the player in question will play on Friday, as opposed to no, Sunday. I, I realize that. I just <laughs> I haven't had one in my team. Um, like, it is the Friday night slot? Like, is the, it coveted, or is it no, just like no. is it more average teams? It's, 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 they, they rotate Friday, Sunday, Monday around. It just means nothing. Yeah, it's I just normally, don't think I've had one yet. It's normally a bit of a shit show of a game, to be honest, because both teams are off like short weeks and they haven't prepared as much and it can be a bit messy. But not that it really matters for fantasy. But, um, there you go. I just thought I'd throw there's a stat. There's a, there's a haver stat for you. Start a defense. You still don't have one. I don't. I, I haven't had one all year. So I haven't had to worry about setting a you're team just, on Friday. You're a meat and potatoes Monday 4 a.m. <laughs> sort of operator. That's it. <laughs> it, it, it. It's very ironic for a guy that doesn't get up to watch the games. You may as well just go get kickers that are playing on a Friday or a Monday so you at least can watch it. Because like, to just have all your team playing at 4 a.m. when you're not watching it feels like you're <laughs> not really getting the full enjoyment out of fantasy. So do you know what? It's one of the. It, it can be a really, really great way to start the morning when you wake up and you check your phone and there's normally about 100 missed WhatsApp messages and you'll have the notifications from the NFL and it's such and such has done something. Last week was very, yes. very disappointing when I woke up and all it was was Ryan Bullock has kicked a field goal or Ryan, <laughs> oh, no, this is not great. <laughs> that, that was the highlight. Oh, that was no. the highlight of my notifications. <laughs> Good old I don't Ryan even know whether Bullock. I would open Go the app. Stephen Bullock's brother. Yeah, no. Stephen Bullock's brother. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, I don't know if um, – if, so in my mind, right, there's two kickers that are really stocky, and I don't know if it's just their names or, or what it is, but Randy Bullock is one of them, 
yeah. I think he, you know, he's a relatively stocky guy. Yeah, he um, is. And then the, the Steelers kicker as well. Um, Boswell. Like his name. But yeah, Boswell. Just Boswell. Sounds like, you know, he would have bullied <laughs> kids at school. He's a little thin, like sort of, you know, fair, like skinned. I don't know, just not what I pictured at all. Um, goggles is exactly what you would expect, though. And on that <laughs> note, um, Dale, you've dished up exactly what we've expected for you season today, which is very little. Oh, uh, it's been well, a pleasure having you. Oh. a big announcement. Oh, no. Uh, oh, no, no From Dale to myself. Oh. I will change my name if you, if you accept this. To oh, have you done it? Shark, which I will be accepting. What is it? Tell us what it is. Daryl Henderson for DJ Shark. Oh, okay. Yeah, fair enough. I thought it was Dalvin Cook. Yeah, yeah I thought you changed Cook is, soon as well. My team name is changing. Is it going to be DJ Shark? Oh. You know it is. <laughs> yeah. This could be. This could be the turning point. <laughs> hey, you were aware that he was. He is on a buy this week. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, you need to win, mate. It's not like you need wins. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll just. I'm going to put. Ag, 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 who, who did I pick up off the waivers? I'll just put in. Oh. Is is Mixon back? I'll play Bernard again. Yeah, that's all good. I've got cover. <laughs> oh dear. All right. Anyway, we're we're, we're about two hours behind schedule, so I think we've got right. poor, poor, our next guest has been waiting in the waiting room for about forty five minutes. Uh, who is uh, it's it? It's been a pleasure on? having you on the podcast, Dale. Um, I'll, we'll let you into the little secret because otherwise you're gonna have to wait till this comes out. It is Ben El Grande. One of the few teams that you're can, performing. Can you genuinely ask him why he spent so much fab on another RB and one who is injured in um, uh, Hyde? We, we will you... almost certainly ask that question for you. All right, um, thank you. already I'll reacted just, yeah, to your name. You. <laughs> All right, see you guys. Thank see you for having me. <laughs> see you, mate. Um, and, and perfect segue just to, to welcome our newest guest to the podcast, um, hasn't been a start to the season he would have liked, but he's sporting a very, very fancy looking mo there, which probably makes up for some of that. Welcome, Ben. It's, uh, that's a lot of shit talking for someone who's only got one win on me, mate. Uh, <laughs> I've uh, only played you once. <laughs> you have uh, nearly 60 more points scored, significant, uh, nearly 200 more po- uh, less points scored against. You've only got one more win than me. Uh, you want three? Now. That's not right. Yeah, I've, I've won I'm, four. I'm two. You want two? Yeah, no, you he's on two. four. No, I'm on four. Come on, mate. Update your spreadsheet. Too many people in this goddamn league have pitches other than themselves as they. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's Hayes. <laughs> <Hayley. laughs> That's Hayes. Yeah, yeah. Hayes did me in. <laughs> Fuck. I was going to go. I was going to in a bikini at the start and then. Oh. Oh, no, beautiful. I love it. Um, no, that's a, that's, that's, that's a ripping way to start. And actually, so we're, we're running drastically behind schedule, as you've probably gathered by the fact that you have to sit in that waiting room so long. But um, what we're trying to do is we're doing the weekly rundown from last week and we're also kind of segueing into half-year uh, reviews so far. Um, before we go into your week from last week, which is one of the most anticipated games of the year, I think it's fair to say, you're coming up against Fitzy and you absolutely wipe the floor with him. Um, what were you thinking with, and Dale asked us to ask you this question before he signed off. What were you thinking spending your fab on Carlos Hyde? Um, I have no running backs. So I need literally <laughs> anything I can get. I would take Andrew if he was going to be like a backup. <laughs> <in his career. laughs> 
I think I can get you <laughs> 30 yards and a couple of catches and maybe a TD. More than Kenyon Drake would do, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very, yeah, it's a pretty fair answer, to be perfectly honest. Um, the other, speaking of Dale, the other thing which was quite glorious was um, n- not this isn't glorious. He, he's he's not in the highest of spirits at the moment, um, the Mup. But one thing that really turned the screws on him this year was him drafting Justin Jefferson, not knowing who he was, dropping him. You picked him up, played him against him, and he scored 40 or something. Was uh, was that one of the highlights of the year so far? Oh, look, one of the few I've got. Yeah, it's been uh... – He's he, he's a uh, been a tasty little pickup for me actually. He's doing some work. He's looking uh, pretty good. It's good, and it looks like where um, we the Vikings are going to trade. Uh, sorry, trail a lot of games. So he's the sort of guy that you don't mind having in your roster. Um, all right, let's yeah. let's jump into your game from last week. It was the the battle of the the one and fives. Um, Fitzy and yourself, you were the last team this year winless as well, which was. Probably a little surprising um, because there's not not just Fitzy, but there's a couple of teams that have had a bit of a stinker in terms of player injuries and stuff. But were you ever nervous going into play Fitzy, or did you sort of just treat it as a bit of a buy? No, absolutely, mate. With my team, I could have come out with fifty points. Like you don't you don't know what's going. Matt Ryan, what an absolute dud he is. Uh, Kenyon Drake, <laughs> again, I think Andrew's getting more yards. My wide receiver core is. Like, if we can somehow turn this league into just a receiver call, I think I've got the championship team. Like, I can't move for wide receivers. Absolutely. So, so, sorry to say, sorry to interrupt you, but this has been a big talking point on the podcast. Why do you keep getting more wide receivers when you can only start two or three of them at max? You got to, like, you put on Fab Fat, they've been getting more and more, which is, you know, fine, but you can't play them. I can bundle them together and try and get something, get get some stuff moving. I've, oh. got, to do, I've got to do something. Um, to, to, okay. to be fair, Ben, well, not to be fair, but I mean, if you look at Ben's previous uh, teams, like he loves a rookie, rookie, rookie wide receiver. Uh, so he was always going to bid on uh, Justin Jefferson. Like it was his draft plan was at one point he was going to take City Lamb and Jerry Judy back to back. Like when he'd already taken four wide receivers at that point. So, <laughs> this is true. Yeah, he's got a Kenny's a rookie running back man. Then Ben's the uh, if you merge them together, then we just have a team of all rookies. Why didn't, why didn't uh, Woodsy go after Ben? I don't understand how why Woodsy always goes after me for my rookie drafting. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah, uh, it's it's a valid question. Uh, just on Ben's be team as well, be fair, like, he has been a bit hard done by in the, like when uh, we're talking about the breakdown before of if you played everyone every week and um, also touches on Fitzy this week. So there's sort of like 30, so Ben's on 31, he's second last, but then like uh, Kenny, you're 32, uh, Havers is 35, uh, Reese is 35, Camo 36, me 38. So all the sort of ballpark. Whereas... Fitzy down at the bottom on 13 and 64 is his record. There's <laughs> 17% win record. So, you know, while Ben hasn't had a great team, like he's definitely been a tier above Fitzy. Yeah. That has just been. You've been stiff a few times, before. haven't you? You've lost a couple of close ones, which. which lost never a couple helps. of close ones. I've got the second highest uh, points against, second or third highest points against. Yeah. Um, 
just people have good weeks against me. I'm the team you want to play if you're sniffing at uh, a wildcard spot in the finals. Like, if you're just trying to sneak in to that uh, that last spot, I'm who you want to play because you will definitely put up points. <laughs> yeah, you, I think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago when Cam put up 195 against you. Um, and I think we worked out at that point in time. Well, it was against you, wasn't it, the 195? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and, yes. and we worked out at that point. I think week one, you scored one forty and lost to me with one fifty or something. Uh, and it was a third week, so it's not even just high points against. It's like the big scores have come when you've scored well as well. So yeah, it's, it's sort of a double double whammy. The only thing that is a more a bigger guarantee in this league is that I will set the season high score when I'm out of the playoffs, and none of it makes any difference. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody on my team will put up thirty. I guarantee it. Well, you, you um, yeah. Speaking of you, you, you went through your roster pretty hard a minute ago. But um, I'm curious. Talk us through the Lamar Jackson trade. It's a few weeks old now, but how are you feeling about yeah. it now? And what were you thinking at the time? At the time, I was basically ready to just delete the app and, and forget you, you guys all existed to be honest with you. Um, I had to do something. Um, and he was basically the only asset I had. I didn't want to trade him. Um, he was I still, I still love, he's my boy. Um, but I had to do something. I had to make a move. You got to make moves yeah. at some point. Um, Andrew was offering me a deal. Um, I thought about other people in the league. Um, Havers obviously notoriously will lowball you. Cam, lowball you. Camo, not a massive trader. Uh, Keeney, just don't trust him. Look at that face. Uh, Manny <laughs> wasn't going to give anything to you because I cannot take another year of you winning. Um, like there were there were just very specific people that I was like, no, I can't. Yeah. Um, so it seemed like yeah. a decent offer at the time. Um, look, I, I don't mind the trade apart from Matt Ryan being garbage. Like. Oh, but Matt Ryan's only really had well, he had one bad week. He and then I say so I can't remember what week, uh, what what what, ugh, cut, what week I traded him to. But he had two bad weeks. But then he's put like thirty-one and seventeen the last two. Thirty-one so, and seventeen, yeah. Yeah, um, like once he got um, Julio back, he's been good again. It's just I think one if Julio is injured again, you just got to not play him unless yeah. he's got to like tasty matchup. Uh, no, he has bad matchups coming up because he does have a Detroit game in two, a uh, Denver game in two weeks, a Carolina game next week, a bye, and then it's like New Orleans, Vegas, New Orleans, yeah. Chargers, and the Bucks. Like, he's going to get mm. wrecked. So um, I, I've got two weeks to find another quarterback. Well, I like the mindset anyway. I think at that point, it's you got to start looking at what kind of what, what assets you've got and and I think it was a good trade for both parties, really. Um, all in all, so I commend you for it anyway. But um, you've been a bit stiff this week with Drake. Um, he was just coming good against last week, I think it was, where he, he played his best game of the year. And then um, he did some okay things on the weekend. But then he's, I don't know how long he's out for, but um, maybe two, maybe three, which isn't ideal, but he does have an okay matchup when he gets back. Like he's still got Seattle who are pretty average, which we saw when he gets back. The Giants are on there, Philly. You know, there's some okay matchups there if you hang on to him, but obviously that means the big fella's going to have to start this week for you, I would imagine. Big Carlos. 
Yeah. Uh, and and I'm going to have to get um, dig someone up from the uh, the graveyard because uh, Houston's gone by. Wayne Gorman. Yeah, she is. Big Wayne. Yeah, <laughs> big Wayne Gorman. <laughs> um, absolute stud that he is. Um, uh, how many times this week will I have to remind you to make sure that you set your lineup? Give us another three or four at least. <laughs> Man, I've got. Three, I, got I think three. last week Ben picked up a, like a kicker and a defense, and about four or five times I'm just like, I mean, you put those kickers and defense in your starting line. I was like, oh yeah, I was about to do it, and then just forgot about it. So, so just on that ethical question for you guys, um, ethical is a bit strong when talking about fantasy football, but I'll go with it anyway. If you're playing someone and you see that they've just failed to set their entire lineup, right? So there's bench players everywhere, but they've got, you know, guys on buy in the lineup and there's guys on the bench who are starters and stuff. Do you tell them before the week starts? I wouldn't. I, I don't expect you guys to, but as a commissioner, if I see it, I would normally email right. them and be like, what are you doing? If it's a deliberate strategy where they're like, oh, no, I've got six guys on buys. I don't want to drop anyone. It's fine. But if I, like, you know, I messaged you and you were like, Oh no! I'm I'm one and six. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just leaving my team. Then they would right, be like, okay. then would maybe kick that person out of the league. Ooh, like, right, okay. So because I, I played in another league a couple of weeks ago, and I think Keeney's in this league too. Um, and I was, I think I'm like, you know, was four and one at the time, something like that. The guy I was playing was pretty much the same record as me. Did not set his roster. I had the worst week ever and I won with like 80 and he had like 80 points on the bench and he scored 50 or something. Like he would have smashed me, but he didn't say his roster. And I just kept checking it, refreshing, refreshing. I'm like, what is he doing? He had, he just, like you know. Especially with like NFL.com, all you have to do is open the app and like press optimize and it's going to give you like at least a decent lineup if you do it on the Sunday night. Like you might not have the perfect lineup, but it's going to at least give you the best projected lineup. So it's, there's no excuse not to at least set the best lineup. Um, I understand it though. Like I, I, I forget. I'm in a, a league with my gridiron boys, um, and I'm currently four and three, and I forgot to set a lineup for two weeks because it's in Flea Flicker. So if I get it, I forget it exists. Uh, there's two leagues with Royals guys. One's in the NFL, like one's in and Flea Flicker's a piece of shit. Um, and I'm still four and three. Um, I do like that. I do like that Steve brought up an example of guys that don't set their lineup and it somehow included him being four and one in another league. I like <laughs> just subtle as just oh yeah, by the way, I'm playing a different league and um, I'm I'm going really well in the other league, guys. I'm five and one now actually, just to correct <laughs> you after that league. Um, yeah, but 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 uh I'm not gonna talk about that league, but I it did have a very interesting matchup on the weekend. So back to your team, Ben. Um, what what does the season look like from here? Is there hope? Is there you know? Obviously, you said you're trying a few things. Like, what's your level of optimism? And you know, I guess what cards have you got left to play sitting at two and five? Um, basically, right now it is bundle a bunch of receivers together. You know, I've got Marquise Brown, Crowder, Jefferson, all of which uh, have decent value. Um, Crowder, especially if you can get over that injury, um, and just see if I can finagle some uh, some running backs because my, my tight end situation is not bad. Hawkinson is doing work. Um, 
streaming defenses, so that's not too bad. Quarterback is quarterback. You can it can go either way. You can really just pick somebody up. You can stream quarterbacks for the most part and generally do okay as long as you've got the, the core positions filled. Um, if I can get a running back somewhere, maybe I can make something happen. Um, the plan was originally to uh, I was like Drake's on the way up. Excellent. I can bundle him in with a couple of receivers and be like, here's a nice little package for you mm. um, for some people. And then he goes and high ankle sprain. So, well, I guess the thing with Drake is for someone like, uh, like say, Camo, um, who's six yeah. and one, you could potentially trade him because, I mean, other than the fact that Camo doesn't seem to look at his notifications because it hasn't been cited since the league formed at the start of the season. But, you know, I mean, like someone with a good record, I guess they potentially be prepared to take someone with an injury. Yeah, that's basically what I'm, I'm, I've just sort of um, eliminated anybody who is currently not in playoff contention um, as even consideration because there's just the, tr- it'll just be a like for like swap and we're just go- both going to go nowhere. Yeah. So I really need to be looking further up the ladder. I mean, looking at the team though, like if you, the wide receivers, there's some explosive talent. Like you got Fuller, Anderson, Jefferson, and like Crowder's not going to put up like a 40, but he's still very good. But like if you're starting three of those, and then you can just get two running backs that can get 10 to 15, but you can win any week because two of them score 30, 40 points. Um, You know, that's enough to get you the win. If you like Hawkinson's going to get you eight to 15. Um, and like Ryan is in a decent matchup, like he's going to get you 15 to 25. So it's yeah. just getting those like consistent running backs in like, then, yeah, I mean, you can have some explosive weeks with those wide receivers. Absolutely. Though that being said, if, uh, when, um, Fitzy's listening to this, I see you've got my boy, Sammy Watkins. No, I'm a sucker <laughs> for him. No, I'm a sucker <laughs> for him. Like, <laughs> let's talk. It's just what you need, another wide receiver. I, I, mate, I fucking love Sammy Watkins. <laughs> he's, uh, he, he's burned me a lot, um, but... I'm still... So last year, I played Ben in round one, and Sammy Watkins put up like 30 points and got Ben the win. And I offered Ben a bet. I was like, I'll bet you 50, 100, whatever you want. Sammy Watkins doesn't score over 20 for the rest of the year. And Ben, despite his offer, Sammy Watkins did not take the bet. And of course, Sammy Watkins, I think the next highest points he got was like eight. Yep. Look, I look, I love him, but it's an abusive relationship. <laughs> oh well. Um I think so. Go ahead, Kenny. No, I was just gonna say I'm I'm just I'm pretty convinced now after after having a few um, of our league members on that Steve's basically using this just to try and get any trade through live on the air that he can. He's been very, very active in there. You, what are you going to do? Are you going to trade anyone? I've got a pretty good record. You could trade Drake to me. You could trade so-and-so to me. It's been, it's been non-stop barrage of trade ideas. He's trying to flood anyone's brain who will listen to trade live on air. Ben just came on and said I'm blacklisted within about 30 seconds. Of trading. I'd say, I'm getting nothing out of him, it sounds like. I, look, the only person who I want to win the league less than you, you're now you're you're worse than Camo. Like I didn't think it was possible. You've done it. Like absolutely, congratulations, mate. It's it's, it's astounding. Like, Andrew's the only one that I don't want to win. He's the one that I I can't have win, and that's purely because I live with him. He's one room over, mm. and I, I can't be dealing with that. 
I've I've prided myself on being a very very poor sportsman over the <laughs> history of this league, um, and I've sort of you know there's been moments where I probably I've dipped a little bit, but I feel like uh, you know I sort of give myself a pep talk and I rally and I send out a few abusive text messages and you know just just get myself up to brag a bit more and um, you know you can afford to do that when you're a three time champ. <laughs> Never ends, mate. Jesus. <laughs> Um, like you're I, the I, only I'm, one out of us who has a chance of beating him. Like as much as I have given you shit the last two times I've been on the pod, I ha- you have to do something here, mate. Come on, step it up. Is <laughs> Andrew Andrew doesn't? He doesn't have a chance. Look at Andrew's team; it's straight garbage. Just oh, like he's got <laughs> half of your team as well. He's traded half of me, dude. Okay, you know, <laughs> real, mate. Who do you reckon? Yeah. Who do you reckon's the biggest threat to win it all, mate? Cummins, unfortunately, like oh, gutted right. as, as that as I am to say that, like, like on paper, if you showed me the teams, I'd say Jared, like he's got just talent for days, and there should be no reason why he and I are on um, equal number of wins. But on performance, Cummins, I don't know what he's doing, um, but like, is he alive? Is what's happened? Yeah, we got him on the podcast earlier. Um, okay. he apparently, he's just been watching Justin Herbert clips yeah. on rerun, and you know, obviously rubbing rubbing rabbit's feet or something because whatever he's doing is working for him. Yeah, I think he's just like you know in Wally where they're all kind of sedated, just lying there watching the TVs. I think he just sits <laughs> back in his chair, has Herbert clips there, and just falls into a stupor. He's he's built a shrine out the back actually, so he's been <laughs> occupying a lot of his time. Um, yeah, get, getting the permits for the shrine because uh, he lives in the same municipality as I do, and I had to, uh, you know, because they put the sign up on your front fence for a while before you before you can get it. And um, yeah, I saw the amount of paperwork that must have gone into trying to build a two story shrine <laughs> <laughs> would have taken him a bit of time as well. Uh, he's excited. He is excited. He certainly is. Uh, so very quickly, uh, Ben, the, the question, and I'll, I'll ask it because Keeney's had to ask this every time, but the question everyone's most interested in probably at the moment, particularly as we get closer to week nine, <laughs> who's going to win in the grudge match, Keeney versus Woodsy? got to go Woodsy. Like, <laughs> I don't know if, why you when someone picks if, the other guy. If only for the I shit talking. Like, as a, complete, as a completely neutral... Uh, outsider here, um, Woodsy when he's up is just comedy gold. So, <laughs> like, I need it more than anything else after this depressing <laughs> season. So, yeah, it's hard to disagree with that. He's been he's been very good value this year, Woodsy. I still stand by him getting bodied by Corns is just like it's the best thing that's happened all year. <laughs> like outside of football, just like. <laughs> The biggest flog in football just destroyed you publicly. I just, I've looked at that tweet multiple times. I go back and look at it and just like, yes, thank that you. Actually, that actually makes me feel good. Like, regardless of the result in week nine, I've always got that to just lean on. And I can just, I reckon I can bring that up. If I lose week nine, that's Any, getting It's a bit of psychological like banter. Have you thought of changing your picture from goggles to just a screenshot of that tweet? Yeah, uh, that's in play, oh. put it that way. I'll have something oh. special for you that week, I reckon. 
That is fantastic. I love it. Um, all right, cool. Well, look, thanks very much for joining us on the pod, Ben. Um, hasn't been the first half of the season you would have wanted, but um, you're hitting a bit of momentum at the halfway mark. So hopefully it starts to continue in that direction for you. And um, I've already played you, so you can be as good as you want. <laughs> yeah, choose that. Look, I reckon it'll be a strong run home. Big well, wake this week. baby. Who you got, who's he got this week? Havers. Havers. Oh, Leave yeah. Loser, loser leaves town, mate. This is it. Yeah, it will be. It will be. Um, he's probably got an advantage given that he has running backs he can actually start. <laughs> he's got Kamara and Aaron Jones, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I but you, got the, you got the receivers, mate. Wayne Gorman and Carlos Hyde. Just start start Hollywood Brown and hope he gets 40. It's not, yeah. it's not a bad call. Yeah, you got to go the high variance. Gorman, Gorman got a couple of goal lines last week. So if you end up having to start him, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, uh, and Carlos yeah, Hyde. Gorman, if, if, um, Carlos Hyde's if, not dead, is he? We could still if potentially Freeman's play. Out, if Freeman's out, Gorman's fine. He'll be okay. He'll get enough workload. Mm. And as long as Hyde is up, I feel like he could be okay because Carson's injured yeah. as well. Yeah. 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 Okay. I, just need, I just need Hyde to drag himself to the field. Like, whatever it takes, just get him there. <laughs> just wheel him out in a coffin. But, well, good luck. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm conflicted on this one because part of me is, you know, it's here at Haver. And the other part of me is... Um, He's got my photo, which is confusing everyone. So I still learned to lose for that reason. So today, yeah. yeah, he absolutely ruined that entire. I was I was ready to go. I'm like because I know he's going to get stuck into me. I was ready. I was absolutely ready to tee off on you and just he he wrecked it. God damn it! <laughs> he's uh, he's playing the mind games with you already. <laughs> yes, he is. Thanks for joining us, Ben. Uh, good luck for the coming week, and we look forward to getting you back later on in the year. Always a pleasure. Have a good night. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. All right. Um, Let's move to our uh, sixth hour of the podcast, but also our, what are we up to, fourth game of the week. Um, We come up with your game, Andrew, and you're the last team that we're going to do a mid-year review on, but um, you did get the job done against Jared, the perennially unlucky Jared last week. how much do you love Tyler Lockett? He has been unlucky. My don't think my win was that, like, if Lockett had played in the afternoon game and Adams had played the Sunday night game, we would have gone in being like, oh, Jared's lucky to be in this game. And then if you take out Lockett and Adams, who are both our highest scoring players, then, you know, I still win by a couple of points. So it's while someone scoring 50 is. Obviously, not going to happen every week. He also had a play score forty four, which doesn't happen every week. Even if are he's you, Steve, Steve, are you listening to this dribble? <laughs> he's trying to, he's trying to convince us that a Tyler Lockett fifty three wasn't all with that lucky. Overtime points with overtime points, and and the thing that you, you you can argue the order of the games all you want, you cannot change the fact that he, he had Chris Carson and you had Tyler Lockett. One of them gets injured early and the other one scores 53. Look, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. <laughs> How was it with the great man Gardner Minshew in the lineup? Did it feel good? Oh, <laughs> uh, 
Actually, no, it was pretty bad. He was pretty shit for most of the game, and then he got some junk time at the end. Um, Love some but... Minshew junk. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I, I, the other one, um, you know, you put the luck bit aside, but you've got to be pretty happy with how this one's panned out. The tight end position, Jared goes in with Johnny Smith, you go in with Rob Gronkowski, and you outscore him by 16. That's uh, that's yeah. like, fallen nicely in favor. Like I'm a big fan of Johnny, but like he was injured going in, and they're playing Pittsburgh, who are like top five against um, tight ends, I believe. So I thought he was going to pick someone else up and play him because Johnny was a bit iffy on whether he was going to play or not. Um, and he's currently rostering two defenses. So, I mean, there was there, but um, I don't know. I've come around on Gronk. I was like, I picked him up to be a pick up and drop and now he's still on my bench because like he's getting one-on-one matchups with linebackers now which is he's never Mm. had before and even though he's you know he's not the Gronk of old like Gronk 60% destroys a linebacker one-on-one and he's never going to get double covered anymore especially once they get um, uh, Brown in there so I mean I think getting that like six targets 50 yards and then maybe a touchdown I mean, I think that's going to be a pretty consistent fall for him uh, going forward now that he's sort of got his feet back. So I'm, I'm on the Gronk train. How are you feeling about your running back position? Obviously, a couple of good players, but they're under injury clouds at the moment. Yeah, that's like... And Mixon has, was, has been very up and down, and then he was starting to hit some form and cops an injury. Um, I had... After I've made that trade during the podcast, I've realized I've checked my team and Henderson's buy is actually week nine, which is also when Mixon and um, Sanders both have their buys. So <laughs> everyone in the league can expect some Daryl Henderson based trades, I think, coming soon. But um, I don't know, like, I was happy to win the one this uh, last week. And then if I can win this one or the next one, I played Ben next week. So Fingers crossed. Um, hey, so and then, like, Cam's got this week to jump ahead. He's got three of his best players on by. So if I can jag one against Cam this week or against Ben and go two and one, get them both back week 10, then with the rest of my lineup, which is pretty strong, I'll be pretty happy going um, going forward from there. Mm. Makes sense. Uh Best pick? Tyler Lockett. I oh. like I every year I go in, I'm like, I love Tyler Lockett, I want to get him, I never get him. And then um this year I was like, especially this year, I was like, I really want to get him. I probably took him a bit earlier than what his ADP was, but I was like, I'm gonna get him. And then I didn't think he would be this good, he's what the wide receiver too. Like he's a bit up and down, but when you got a player who can put up fifty. He's uh He's scored three touchdowns in a game twice already in in six games. Yeah, he's <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah. He's he scored the forty five against me or whatever it was. So I remember that one. Mate. Just like yeah. there's just yeah, there's just nights when um, he just you know every throw goes to him. It's, yeah, but I mean he's always really, like he would randomly have those games where you're like, oh yeah, Tyler Lockett, he's all right, and then. He puts up like 120 and two touchdowns or whatever. Um, but now they're throwing more, I guess. It's, he's more likely to have one of those nights. Yeah, I, I had him last year and um, 
And, you know, last year was the year that he went on that ridiculous high catch percentage uh, streak. I think he was, you know, one of the uh, – I think him and Michael Thomas basically both broke the previous record for, um, you know, high number. I think it was number of catches and like, catch percentage, something like that. Um, but, yeah, like you just – the one thing is – and we talked about it earlier with Metcalf. Those Seattle receivers can just – you can just have the wrong night and they get nothing and the other one goes berserk. But yeah, you got to be pretty, feeling pretty good about him. What about worst draft pick? Uh, so um, I wouldn't say it's worst, but it's just one that like everything sort of conspired. Like, so AJ Brown, who's obviously been pretty good after I traded him, but I wasn't like, I just took him because of the players I wanted. It's sort of gone. So I took best available on my list. Um, but I wasn't a big fan of him. And then he gets injured week one and then sort of, I mean, the trade for Hill, I think was a pretty decent trade both ways, but, um, and then I trade him and he sort of goes off. Um, and I also was like the next player I had on my list was DK Metcalf. I was like, oh, I'm not going to take two wide receivers from the same team where if I'd taken them both, I would probably have a bonkers team right now. Cause I would have been able to trade one for a, like an elite player. So like, while he's a very good player and playing well, that's sort of one that one of those could have been picks that if like he, he hadn't got injured straight away or, you know, I'd taken the other player or something. Um, yeah. It could have. Mm. Well, you, you, you certainly went to the right man with the trade because I love AJ Brown and I did at the <laughs> start of the year um, and I'm massively high on him as a player. So when you, when you offered him up, I was very, very, excited about it. I didn't really want to get rid of Tyreek Hill, but um, yeah, I think that's a it's a good trade that's worked for both teams, really. I mean, your team's yeah, getting loaded. Like the more you look at... The two games I've had Hill, one was pouring rain and then the other one was yeah. snowing. So. Yeah, but you, uh, but you don't have him for that. You have him for the end of the year. Um, and when you look at your team now, you insert kind of Lamar Jackson in there, uh, Mark Andrews in there, you got Tyreek Hill, Tyler Lockett, you got some really nice pieces, Joe Mixon, Sanders, um, so you're pretty pretty stacked, and I know a few few people, well, a few guests tonight have already said you're one of the teams to beat. So um, I think going forward, you'd be pretty comfortable with where you're sitting at the moment. Yeah. I, I just reckon you've um, you, you've done you've drafted you know fine, and you've been pretty lucky if you haven't had like kind of some of the injuries others have had. But I reckon you've just fleeced on every single trade you've made. You've uh, you've just you know, like I understand each of them, there's a rationale for the other person, which is probably just good trading by you that you can kind of find a spot that you can get something that really helps your team and the other person sees some value in it. But, you know, the, like if I go through your team, the Lamar Jackson trade, you know, you've got to be very happy with that to be able to get him into your team. Um, your, your trade, I mean, even the trade, well, we talked about, about the trade at the time, uh, Tyreek Hill, like that's a huge addition to get. And you, re- you didn't drop two starters for him. So you've just upgraded a position really. Um, and then the, you know, the Evans trade, I don't understand to be honest, like we talked about it, but I reckon that's a big win for you because Evans just has so much upside. Even tonight's one, like I can't understand how you trade a startable running back for DJ Chark, who averages well, twelve, and you can get one of them. And I have Evans above Chark, so that was like, like yeah. That's like what upside? What upside does Evans have? Run me through that. 
with Antonio Brown reckon, coming in. Well, just yeah, he, but he's but it's Evans. Like, there, like he could be the number one guy there still. Yeah, I know Godwin. You don't think Godwin is. is. No, like I, no, I think Godwin is, but Godwin's been injured half the year. I, like even last year, when Godwin played, Evans put up some like high thirties games. Mm. I know they're they're not the same team because they've got a different quarterback who obviously is great football player, but he's not like Winston who's just constantly throwing. But and 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 who knows what Brown will do? I, I, I mean, I don't know. I just not not you know probably less criticizing it from your point of view, but I'm saying from Andrew's point yeah. of view. No, I get it. I, I like. It. But yeah, and the Chark one, I don't, yeah, as I said, don't get that. Like, you basically turned David Akers into the better running back at, yeah. at, at his own team. David Akers, Cam Akers to the better running back <laughs> at his own team. But, and you've upgraded Chark to uh, Evans. So, uh, like, explain to me how that's happened in two trades, but you've sat managed to do it. Yeah. I mean, I think I was thinking about this the other day, like, just the, like the more the WhatsApp group and then like the podcast and stuff has helped a bit just because like there was sort of a bit of a divide in that it was sort of like my friends and then Camo's friends was originally how the league started. And so then sort of some of the trades for the, um, and like just chatting with people that, you know, I don't really chat to Dale that much outside it unless I'm talking to him about a trade. So it just sort of, everyone's sort of becoming a bit more friendly sort of helped with trades a bit because as you said, like a lot of my trades, like if you, I try and go into like a trade value, there's a couple of different ones like calculators and try and make sure that they are about even, but then obviously you're trying to massage them so that you are the one who's getting sort of the better side of an even trade. Um, and then sort of because you're more talk, cause I'm talking to people more now, it then gives you more um, room to sort of show like massage it in that trade talk as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think like the important thing, which you seem to do very well, is you got to understand what the other guy wants or needs, and you're trying to give them that, you know. And I think like even we've probably the podcast has shown you're constantly thinking about where gaps are in people's teams and how that could parlay to a trade. And there's probably other people. I'd be one, like Camo, you know, kind of identified himself in this boat as well, who just sort of sit back more and wait for trades to come to them or they look at their own gaps first and go, here's what I need versus here's what someone else needs. Can I make this work for me? Who's the team to beat? It's going to be Cam. Like it's, um, you know, part of it is score is a bit propped up by, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mike Davis a bit, but it's still like, he's still what? 60 points clear of uh yeah 60 oh, a bit more than that uh yeah oh, 63 or so points clear and points scored so it's you know that's essentially half a week score that is up in seven weeks so um i mean i hope that we like once he loses davis um and you know fournette seems to be getting more of the passing work there um and zeke yeah, he's still Zeke, but they, they don't they're not playing very well without half their offensive line. So I mean he could drop off, but I mean he's six and one, so he can make trades as well, as we're talking about how Camo what Camo should be doing. Um you know, I just think that he's in the best spot to be the best team in the league. You get him at a good time, uh, Andrew, this week, don't you? I just looking yeah. at the uh, without going too far ahead, but Hopkins Sean Watson and Terry McLaurin all on by, and uh, Debo Samuel out with a hammy. 
pretty handy, yeah. mate. Well, you just okay. knock him off uh, five and three. I'd be pretty happy with that if I could get the win this week. But, I mean, even, like, you look at some of the players that he's got, like, they, he's sort of in the same way as Ben in that he has some players that could just put up 40. Yeah, he's so very strong. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. They're, um, they're right in the mix for sure. So are you, well, you feeling good about where you are currently, how the season's panning out for you, Andrew? Yeah, definitely. Like, I think I mentioned, uh, like, I think after week two or week three, like, I just did not like my team, which is probably why I've been trading so much, because it was just like, it was just like, I don't know, I'm only in one league. So I'm like, I've got to do my best to make sure I've got a competitive team because I don't want to be out of the playoffs by week 10 and then have nothing to look forward to on Monday morning. So, um, whereas if I was in like three leagues and I was in playoffs in those leagues, I might've sort of rested on my laurels a bit in this league. So, um, definitely enjoying my team more now. Um, especially if I can, like, if I can be five and four going into week 10, get both my running backs back. Like, I think I'm in a good spot to, um, like, uh, have a strong playoffs. Yeah, get, I definitely. I think as as everyone's identified, I think you're a you're a threat just purely because of the talent on your team. Um, let's move to the last game from last week we haven't covered, and that's Cam. We've spent a bit of time talking about tonight. Um, One twenty seven, not a massive score, but just got the job done pretty comfortably against Reese, who put up ninety five. Um, I think I said it on the WhatsApp group during the big one for me here was just in the end, Hopkins kind of because of that ridiculous Arizona game got a bunch of late you know, touches and overtime and, you know, his score probably stretched the margin a bit. But if it had been a bit closer, Reese would have been so stiff because he gets Devonta Freeman scored basically nothing, 0.8 with an injury, and Cam Newton minus 0.18 from your quarterback. If you lost by 10 or something, you'd just be absolutely spewing, I reckon. Um, what did you think of this one? Um, yeah, the, my talking points were just Cam, like, is it time to cut bait with him? It's um, he certainly would be on a very short leash if I was uh, Reese, I think, because I think that's two weeks in a row. He's is he? Oh, he put up eighteen against Denver, so it's not because like he got a rushing TD near the end of the game. Um, but then his game before that um, that he played, he got eleven points. So he hasn't like his first two weeks were great, but then since then he hasn't really done that much. So could be moving on from Cam, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hasn't gone well yeah. since he got COVID, has he? That's yeah, that's that's been the thing. I don't know if there's any any link there, but he's thrown five picks in the last two weeks. That's clearly the the talking point. Um, as you said, if he's kind of going to stick around or um, he's going to look for another option, because there's obviously heaps of options on the wire as well. Yeah, I guess um, they've got the so they play Buffalo this week, but then after that they've got the Jets. So you probably keep him to like at least to that Jets game because yeah, you'll probably put up. 30 against the Jets just in running. It's, it, it's probably his his one weakness at the minute for race is probably his receivers, I would think. Like, yeah, Robert so Woods, I, Derek, Slayton, um, Gallup with, with the quarterback change is not great. Um, Preston Williams, who knows what that looks like with Tua. Could be a good yeah. thing, actually. Um, yeah, but, so I actually you know, that, that, he's pretty thin Saturday, there. Um, and try, I was trying to trade him wide receivers for because he has four Robinson very good running backs. Uh, with some of them injured, but he's kind of 
from what I gathered, he's waiting until he gets sort of CMC and then maybe Chubb back before he turns like he's, he's got Robinson. Robinson Hunt, CMC, and um, Robinson Chubb. Hunt, Chubb. Yep. So four that are all startable wide uh, running backs. Um, and so he's probably waiting till at least he can, he has that depth back before he upgrades at wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice, uh, nice situation to be in. There's not many um, players in the league that have two solid starting running backs, let alone four, once they, uh, yeah. once they get back up and running. And look, with yeah, Will definitely. Lutz in the lineup too, it's, it's hard not to win with the Will Lutz. I don't think he's missed a field goal <laughs> each one of year. So. Um, it, it's, it's definitely doable to shortchange positions in a 12-man league, isn't it? Like there's enough positions that there's just not enough good players at that if you you can just stockpile a bit and it really it really hurts everybody else. I think like we've said, mm. the key with Reese is just everyone else is watching and hoping he loses because his team could just be scarily good when he gets all his players back if he's still in contention. And at four and three, you think he's probably going to be. It'll be interesting to see what he does with those running backs as well. With does he keep the Chubb Hunt stack or does he? trade one of them like Robinson's been great so does he keep him or and then get rid of and then who does he get rid of from the stack like if they're both playing Chubb's probably better but it depends on matchup so it could be looking at who's in the playoffs if he's playoff bound so some interesting decisions it's, for Reese coming up it's all it's also really interesting just um kind of on the other side we're here with Cam um and just looking kind of how quickly things can change like Zeke's obviously a star, but gee whiz, um, he's been ordinary the last couple of weeks, and especially with Dak gone, um, I think his value goes down a little bit. Um, Ronald Jones and the Fournette thing—I'm—I'd be a bit nervous with all that. I just, I just can—I just don't know where that's headed. And then Mike Davis with CMC coming back in, like they say, they're saying he's going to be still part of the offense, but who the hell knows? And then his only other running back is Jermichael Hasty, the rookie from San Fran. So. Um, you know, you can get thin in a position very, very, very quickly if things kind of turn against you. Oh, you've where, sort where, of short. He also has Adrian Peterson. And, yeah. And I've got the... for him to get short at running <laughs> back because we've been saying it since the draft that he's running yeah. back so wobbly. And, and okay, it'll happen one but... week and then we'll look like geniuses. All right, so week eight, uh, let's let's smash through these previews because we are running pretty over time today. So first one, grudge match like they all are, uh, me versus Woodsy. Uh, look, not massively impacted by buyers. Woodsy gets a free run at it. I lose Christian Kirk, which is um, probably only a factor if Michael Thomas is out. What do you guys think? Uh, so my point on this one was just um, it pretty much comes down to two games. The... KCV, the Jets, there's Mahomes, Bell, Kelsey uh, in it. And, you know, anything could happen in that game. They could just run it and score 40 or they could pass it and score 40 and then pull the starters. And then obviously any game with you is based on the Atlanta game. So, um, you know, obviously that's a massive game um, that's going to affect this one as well. And then uh, I'll give my tip now as well. I'm going to give Woodsy the tip. See how he goes with the added pressure of the O'Halloran stamp of approval. <laughs> Keeney? 
Yeah, agree. You, you forgot about big Harrison Butker as well. He's playing um, against the Jets. Probably so score twenty. He, he probably will. Um, yeah, you, you you're spot on with all, everything you said. Basically, I don't have too much more to add. The whole Lev Bell thing's intriguing to me, just to see how he goes this week. I actually think um, I think Woodsy's got some really nice matchups, and I think Steve's got some tougher matchups. I don't think Michael Thomas is going to play. Um, and for that reason, I'm also going to tip with Woodsy this week. So, oh. and look, and really, it's it'll be good because he'll be on a three three game win streak and then come up against a, a fourth <laughs> the following week when the when the real pressure starts to mount. So, so there we go. Appreciate the vote of confidence, boys. Uh, and next oh. one, uh, <laughs> big uh, big grudge match based on Ben's comments earlier. Um, ben against Haver. So Ben. Look, if you look, I know he's got to do a bit of roster tweaking, but Ben's in a bit of a hole here roster-wise. Um, my view on this one, he needs everything to work for him. I just can't see it happening. It's Haver in a canter for me. Andrew? Yeah, I mean, you've got to tip Havers. Um, so my point coming in was, so he, Havers said when I was looking at the matchups, Jimmy G starting, he's now dropped him and picked up Derek Carr in that time. Um Surely there's a trade, uh, Fitzy and Havers trade in the works. Fitzy's swimming at quarterback and Havers is drowning at quarterback. (laughs) Jeannie? Yeah, not not much more to add. I do like um, that Ben has kind of started to work through his roster, um, adding Hyde and Gorman in, but he has left the intrigue of Will Fuller, who's definitely on a bye. So he won't be playing, but he's still in the lineup. I do like that, keeping some mystery involved. Um, hard to tip against Havers here, I think, as well. I'm, I'll be tipping Havers. Yeah, at least you know Ben's got no shortage of wide receivers to fill the yeah. spot. Yeah. Um, next game, Reese <laughs> against the newly renamed DJ Chark. Do, 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 uh, with Dale. Um, he's, uh, he's traded DJ Chark in and he's just parked him straight on the bench, as you would with a buy. Uh, look, my take on this one at this stage, Reese seems to be persisting with Cam Newton, which is um, which is good. I like guys that have faith in their players. I reckon this is probably more hope than anything, but I'm going to tip Dale. I just reckon I'm just really scared of Reese when he gets his players back, but also I think Dale's luck's going to turn eventually. And um, yeah, I just think that there's is you know Josh Allen might bounce back a little against New England in a division match. Dalvin Cook back into the roster, assuming he plays. Feel like he might just get the job done. I'm uh, I'm 100 with you here. I I don't like um, Reese's running backs this week. Malcolm Brown's a bit of an unknown. Kareem Hunt, sure. Devontae Freeman's no good thing to play, um, and that's it. So um, he's a bit thin in that department this week. Um, I like Dale here as well as a little bit of a minor upset. He he is. Three do's short on the DJ Chark to do to do to do, but um, we'll let that fly for now. Yeah, well, I'm going to take this just to be the contrarian, but I mean, Dale, obviously, big show here. The choice I thought was a bit odd. He's uh, kept Geo on the bench after he's probably uh, Mixon's, or he probably doesn't know that Mixon's not going to start this week at the moment until they update the projections. So, um, I mean, that could change in Aguilar that he picked up goes to the bench, but um, I mean, I would be starting Gio at the moment, I think. 
bit of bit of roster advice there from the commish. Um, and you've just reminded me as well. Well, I, I didn't pick up on it. Didn't pick you up on it. I should say at the time. But when you had that kind of uh, brain fade meltdown when you couldn't get your words out earlier, you did refer to someone having a Wookiee running back. Yeah. I just thought that was a very, very, yeah, exactly. You wouldn't mind Chewbacca just coming out of your backfield and given the holes that Reese has got at running back at the moment, this is probably <laughs> good you'd just love to plug Chewie in. Um, next game, it's, uh, it's, it's weird to be saying, in this with with Jared's team, it's basically a couple of salad dwellers with Fitzy at one and six coming up against Jared at two and five. Um, look, I just can't tip Fitzy, Fitzy at the moment, and um, I, I think you might have had a bit of a look at his roster earlier, Keeney. You probably have some thoughts on this one, uh, but but my tips, Jared. Yeah, uh, it's hard not to tip. Jared in this one. I, look, we I think we all agree that Jared's team's pretty strong on, on paper once he gets some players back. Um, he's still a little light on this week, but um, just going through Fitzy's uh, starting outfit at the minute, we've got Jalen Rashad there plugged into the number one running back spot, which is an <laughs> intri- intriguing call. Um, Damien Harris is in there. The, the big names keep rolling off the tongue. Travis Fulgham's in there for a bit of uh, juice. Robert Tonyan's back. Corey Davis season's in there. Oof, it's uh, it's an uphill sledding sort of effort here for Fitzy. I, I hope he gets the job done, but I just can't see it. What do you reckon, Kamish? Well, on the Jalen Rashad is... So he traded um, most it for JD McKissick because he needed a running back. And then McKissick has the buy the next week. Like you got to look at more than just, oh, I can't really talk because I literally did the same thing when I just did a trade on the podcast. But you know, look at more than a uh, for the current matchup, Fitzy. Um, but that being said, I'm picking the upset, Fitzy. Look, when you break a curse, you stick with them. And Jared's got a curse of his own that he hasn't requested any assistance in breaking. So um, I'm going to drum up some potential business for myself and give Fitzy the win here and um, maybe make some cash when Jared asks for my assistance. Fair enough. Um, The next one, Keeney, you're coming up against just Mr. Not Andrew Luck, just the actual Luck himself, uh, come (laughs) out. You know, again, another week where you're projected to win by 12 based on the rankings and Camo's got his best team out there. But, you know, you, you, you're coming up against bigger forces than NFL talent. Um, look, my tip in this one, uh, against all logic, because logic tells you just stick with a good thing, but um, I'm going to tip Keeney. I just reckon not a good week for Camo anyway with Kyler Murray on by, but um, also just... I don't know. I just, I just look at that roster and I just think like it's okay, but I just can't see it being able to put up a 150, whereas I could see that potentially out of your team. So I reckon, uh, I reckon this is your week. I don't feel great about a couple of your positions. So Keeney, Todd Gurley, don't reckon this is going to be a great week for him. Um, although I know Carolina is actually a pretty good running back matchup, but just, just got a feeling it's not going to be a great week for Atlanta, but, uh, but yeah, still 25 against them. Three weeks ago, so I know, they're, they're a bad running defense. I just, I just have this really bad feeling about Atlanta this week, to be honest. I can see this being an absolute shocker where they do nothing offensively. I hope I'm wrong. 
Um, yeah, still, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Keeney as well for my tip. Just uh, come on, talking up Cooks and Cole as his wide receiver fillers, both on by. So he's had to go with Mike Gesicki in the flex, the double tight end um, with Henry and Gesicki. So he hasn't gone two elite tight ends there as well. He's just gone two <laughs> tight end plotters to fill two positions. Um, but yeah, you got to go uh, no Murray, no Camo. That's what they say. I agree with Keeney. both of you, um, clearly. <laughs> no, it'll be it'll be interesting. I look, I think I am projected at the minute um, to win by twelve, but that's also not factoring in goggles. Like they've only got him for a seven, so that's <laughs> half of what he normally gets. I think I make that gag most weeks, um, which is good. <laughs> I, I hope I hope Lev Bell gets his revenge game and Clyde edwards helaire just sits on the sideline for a fair bit of it. Um, that could help me. Um, but Wentz will go off. I'm expecting that. So we'll see. It'll be close and come. I'll probably win by one. So that's all right. I'm, 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 look, look, I'm, I'm focusing all my energies. I'm focusing all my energies to next week. So whatever happens this week, that's fine. I'll cop it. I might even do a come this week. I might not even check the scores, the notifications. I might just, just, I might set my phone to week nine. And, and so week eight just gets bypassed. It's not even, it doesn't exist. Let me know how I go next week on the pod. Yeah, right. Uh, you don't... I'll tell you what, if you lose this one, though, going in at three and five, yeah. it makes the Woodsy game even bigger, doesn't it? Um, last game, Larry's dump truck cam just dump trucking Ooh. along fine at the moment. Game of the week. Again. Commish the, the curse breakers. I think it might be. Um, look, it's Deshaun Watson on by. Probably doesn't help uh, Cam, nor does Terry McLaurin and DeAndre Hopkins. So you've got him at a pretty good time, Andrew. Um, I'm still going to tip him. I don't know, just 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 something. To, oh, and Debo Samuel out. Yeah, jeepers. I'm, st- I'm still I'm still tipping Cam. Just everything's going his way at the moment. Just in the exact opposite logic that I use with the Camo tip, I'm just going to write a good thing. Uh, I'll do the opposite. I think the Commission will get the W here. I, there's just too many too many holes in the lineup this week, in particular for Cam, um, that he has to fill. Tyreek Hill against the Jets is scary. Um, and if Godwin's out, then funnily enough, Edwins is a nice player this week as well, which is humorous. The Buccaneers will score 20 on defense against the Giants. You watch it happen. Um, commercial win this. Well, so it's going to be, we've, I've got a Friday and a Tuesday doubleheader because we've got, he's got Teddy on Friday and uh, Davis, depending on what CMC does. But then yeah. on Friday, it's Evans and the Bucks, Steve, Ronald uh, Jones. So, um, I mean, this could be alive well yeah. into Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, if don't, this don't, is... Don't forget, you've got the little Sly kicker in there as well at Friday. Just to... Oh, yeah. I love Joey Sly. I've dropped him like three times and no one ever takes him. But he's, he's good. Like, yeah, I mean, he's no goggles, but, you know. He, hit, he nearly hit a 65-yarder last week. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> he was like two yards short. It was... Yeah, he's good. But, like, that's what I like. I like, I like kickers that the coach isn't afraid to put him in there for a long uh, field goal. And like, they'll, they'll let him try from 50. So like he's hit four, actually he hasn't hit any from over 50, but they give him a go at him. That's what you want. Have a look at his photo. He looks like a, like an offensive linesman. Yeah. He and does. Um, another chunk. Another chunk. Yeah. A couple of tattoos on him. He would look exactly like one of Cam's mates. <laughs> Only like me, Ben, and Havers will probably enjoy that joke, and Cam might as well. But there you go, boys. That's one for you. 
Looking forward to that game. It's a ripper. It certainly is. Um, well, it's, it's always good to have a game finishing on the Tuesday as well, just to give us a bit of entertainment into next week, particularly with a couple of public holidays in Melbourne. And for Ooh, our international yeah. listeners, um, I'm sure you'll enjoy watching it as well. We're probably just a tick over two hours over schedule. So probably, oh, probably sorry to nice it. Just up. before we go as well, everyone. Before we go, just make sure to remind everyone that uh, daylight savings changes in America. So we get 5 a.m. starts for the early games on Monday as well. Oh, you beauty. What a treat. We get to sleep in. What a time to be alive. Well, on that note, let's wrap it up. Um, We will be, we've done six of our deep dive uh, mid-season reviews this week. We've got six to come next week. All six of them we're hoping to get on the podcast. So it should be another bumper episode. That will include Woodsy, which will also give us the opportunity to preview the big grudge match between Keeney and him in week nine. Um, Fitzy, who, if you'd said at the start of the season, 4.4 would be a drastic overestimation of how he's going to go wins-wise. Uh, don't think would have uh, would have been too happy with it, but that seems to be how it's playing out, um, and as well as the rest of the boys. So thanks, as always, to the two of you and to the guests we've had on tonight. Uh, any final words before we sign off? No, not uh, not anything too specific, uh, specific. Just looking forward to another week uh, in the books, boys, and really just ready for week nine. Let's uh, another <laughs> another step closer to week nine. That's all I'm up about. He might sign off like a podcast, short and sweet. Have a good one, everyone.